Start at the end of the show if you want to learn about our product of the week, the CD Ajoto. I'm saying that wrong, boot. Some guy named Ricky Brabeck comes on and tells you all about the Dakar, or at least his experience with it. And we answer a few of your questions, as well as drill down on why our test riders need to really step up their game. Here's the show. Live from Pahrump, Nevada, this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the show where we talk about... Let me do my intro and don't interrupt me. We talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. I hope there's sound coming out on the internets. If you're in the chat room, go ahead and uh, let us know if it sounds good. Uh, And if it doesn't, we'll blame Matt. Yeah, Matt, remember, we're actually live on the show now. I do remember. And you're not supposed to talk until I get through all this stuff. Oh, we had a lot of shit. It's professional. This is episode number 172, as far as I can tell. 172. Because I'm going off the sheet that's printed from last week, because evidently our sheets are not uh, currently printed. But the good thing is... uh, I'm super stoked you're here with us. It's uh, It means a lot to me. I, I actually really do enjoy hanging out and talking motorcycles in this format because I feel safe. I feel protected. I feel like I'm in a, in a cocoon or a bubble. You know what I mean, Matt? Mm-hmm. Cocoon or bubble? Yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not in one of those. I'm not in one of those right now. I'm kind of in tech hell right now. That's probably because we went riding today. You said, I, I, I remember as, I quote, I'm quoting you exactly, fuck work, let's go ride. <laughs> That's an exact quote. That's exact quote. And uh, we're paying the price for that right now. Yeah. Well, it sounds pretty good. Um, yeah. See, I'm told, Logan never talked and he, when he wasn't supposed to. That's right. Yeah, Logan was a much better co-host yeah. than you. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't, he wasn't also producing the show. So the, the cool thing about like what I just said, what Matt said that I said is that I remember when I when I got hired on as the editor of Dirt Rider Magazine, and one of the first things, and it was like, I think it was kind of in the spring or something, and it was one of the, you know, the first things I had to go meet with all the ad staff and some people, some, like, I, some of them didn't ride. <laughs> That's the problem. They didn't get it. But I, I went in there and they they wanted to know who the new editor was. So Sean mm-hmm. Finley introduced me. I was the new editor. And I, and I think one of the things I basically said is like you know if it's raining and it's good riding weather don't expect to see me or the staff in the office <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that went over like a bag of shit oh boy <laughs> so um anyhow somebody asked me if i identify as a motorcycle guru well i don't know what a guru is but i do identify as a motorcycle person so hey paul neff I see Paul Neff out there, man, buddy. I see okay. out there. I don't want to. I didn't want to bug him. I know he's. Uh, Paul was shooting for a Dakar finish, and I think a sand dune was got, it, got in his way. I thought there was also a collision with another rider. No, that wasn't him. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I think. I think. I. I couldn't tell. I haven't talked to Paul, and I know he's been busy. He was in the hospital. I heard him do an interview from a hospital and made the hospital noises. Mm-hmm. And I literally started feeling sick because it didn't it didn't sound good oh yeah they may you know the beeping and the then the all the, the, the me and hospitals don't go very far but anyways mm-hmm. uh good to see paul on the instagrams i think he is actually getting flown back from saudi uh wednesday tomorrow so um hope good good uh safe travels to you paul hope you come back and everything uh, glues back together properly 
Eric Featherston wants to know what the safe word for the show is. <laughs> uh, drop frame rates, right? Drop frames right now. Is that what that red dot is? Yes, I'm. I'm yeah, that's tuning some that's settings what I'm up on right now. That's probably why the computer was screaming at us earlier. Well, anyways, um, uh, M Mitchell on Instagram wants to know, Jimmy, wondering how medical bills are handled in Saudi, etc. Wondering, oh, so about the man Paul Neth will spend on getting home. So I don't don't know Paul's particular situation and stuff like that, but I'll tell you that the organization, like generally part of your registration or it's something you can purchase when you're going through thing, going through the uh, scrutineering is some additional insurance. Uh, I know a lot of us, we have in conjunction with some of our, um, the, 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 uh, trackers mm-hmm. through these things like, um, Mercier or MedJet, there's supplemental insurance that we carry to if you are in a hospital or something, you can get transferred back. And it has a lot to do with how doctors um, rate you as far as needing to have this done and stuff. So there, there's those kind of insurance things. And I'm not um, sure on anybody's uh, specific plans or how they have stuff set up but those are just the different ways that you can you can do it um i know you know a lot of times your your medical insurance doesn't work in foreign countries it's a hard time to find out but uh we'll see like some of those 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 supplemental problems um and paul gave us a thumbs up and a thanks guys which is good that's as far as i'm concerned that means he's healthy anytime i get a thumbs up i think it's good yeah, that's 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 good to hear, and can't wait to have him out here riding again. Exactly, um, it'll be yeah. I'm sure he just wants to get home right now. Yeah, yeah, that sounds brutal. I, I in my Dakar folly experiences, like he went farther than I did my first year. So good on him for doing that. Mm-hmm. I just got the shits. I got diarrhea and almost died. Jesus, like like, like dysentery. No, he just just dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was just welcome to Africa. Here's our food. It doesn't agree with your stomach. And now you're going to, you're going to flow like a stream, <laughs> which I did. I think I drank seven liters of water the night before I almost died of dehydration. Oh, wow. And so I ended up getting a, having to get out of there and I wasn't in very good shape, but at least I was, you know, I was mobile, easy, easy to move around and stuff for the most part, other than I was just ridiculously dehydrated and trying to come back. So... Um, yeah, there's different, it's, that's, they say the real Dakar begins when your Dakar ends. <laughs> I don't know if it's the same as, as it is, you know, it's different times, mm-hmm. uh, good times. So, uh, anyhow, um, yeah, everybody, uh, enjoyed Paul's story and stuff like that. Carry a corn cob for diarrhea is the Mexican curse says, uh, guess who? Oh, is that uh Victor? Victor. If, yeah. So Victor's on our Facebook and your Instagram. He's probably got like, he's a Mexican <laughs> dude. He's probably got like six different devices because he's got to, you know, see how the jobs are coming in from the different things and whatever. But good to see you, Victor. Good to see all of our locals, our regular guys. Um, Mark Daniels, he's hasn't told me what kind of tequila he has tonight, but uh, I might have some. Um, and says, uh, Mark Daniels says, AMX um, will cover medical emergency and airlift from Mexico and Central America. Right. I, it, I think it's, it, it's different in different countries and stuff like that. So yeah, we're, we're skipping some audios and videos, man. Our internet is not happy with us right now. So if this show is horrible for you right now, just hang up the phone and 
than listen to it in a podcast or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm going to, uh, so, so, uh, we, uh, oh, Max, uh, Victor says his phones are all stolen, by the way. Oh boy. <laughs> no, he's not. Hey, we're going to hang up on you, all you Instagram people. Cause I need to use this phone right now to get Tyler on our line. But, uh, you can check us out on our Facebooks and our YouTubes, all those things like that. But before that, you have to listen to my sponsor reads. Tech Talk is not possible without the support and help of Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, maker of the Flex Handlebars, Seat Concepts, Bulletproof Designs, and Double Take Mirrors. Um, those companies are supporting the support that you, the sport that you love. And so when you're making a buying decision, Think about them because they help not only me, but they can help you too because they make good products or they wouldn't be on the show. So we will see you out in the trail. Everybody on the Instagrams, bye. You're not live anymore. There we go. And so, Matt, do you have this problem fixed? Uh, to be determined, I did the thing that should help it. So we'll see that this little green box that kind of tells me how we're doing. It's now been green for a minute. It was not green for more than a minute before. And uh, Mr. Ricky Brayback has entered into our Zoom meeting room. Okay. Oh, wow. Because he doesn't know what time it is where he lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told him, I think, nine o'clock your time. He's confused. Uh, should, should we just let, let him in? <laughs> yeah, let's let him in. Okay. Bring him into the show. And I'm gonna I'm gonna call uh, here. We gotta get, give me that plug that the blue line, mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna call the other the other donkey that we're gonna get on this show. Right, right. Let's see how this works. Let me turn the phone ringer off here, like that. And uh, this is a great show. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So Ricky's joined, but his uh, face cam's off. So maybe he's just joining so he can. Uh, oh, he just has it lit up. He just has it. Well, when he later. pops up, yeah. we'll know here. So I think I'm calling. Tyler right now. So Tyler is one of our test riders at, um, I'm going to call him like that. See if we have sound. Oh, there. What do you know? Hey, look, Matt, I can make things work. You wonder how I did this show before you were here, right? Mm -hmm. Went to a Hello? Mexican restaurant. Tyler, Jimmy Lewis, Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. You're live on the air. Awesome. There are thousands of people that are watching you right now. Or listening to you, I guess, which might be kind of might be kind of strange because Matt has pretty much jacked up everything to do with our technical mm -hmm. things on this show. Yeah, but, but we we have a green light on the bottom corner, so we're feeling pretty happy. So yeah, and our dropped frames have not been nearly as bad. We've been much better. So I was watching; it wasn't too bad. Uh, it would skip every once in a while, but on YouTube, it was all right. Oh. That's good. Well, how did it feel to watch Tech Talk Taco Tuesday? Uh, it was pretty good. That was my first time uh, actually being on one live. I got to be honest, I don't think I've watched a full one, though. That would be really hard to do. It's it's kind of horrible. It's a horrible show. <laughs> I it, wouldn't but, say horrible. Oh, you've seen worse. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen, I've been on worse. Oh, okay. Name, name, yeah. name two. Uh, motorcycle related podcasts or shows that are worse than this um see you can't do it yeah i've just been on it and i knew i wasn't good <laughs> on it so i'm not i'm not gonna say it's their fault i'm gonna say it's my fault 
Oh, yeah, that's good. I'm then then I'm going to run with you there and we're going to just say if this show sucks, we have somebody to blame. Exactly. Good. Okay. <laughs> Again, Tyler, welcome to the show. You have been a test rider for Dirt Bike Test for how long now? Uh probably 5 years, I want to say. Wow. So that's when you were like 10. No, I was Okay, no, I was like 15. <laughs> So maybe like three to four years. Okay. Ridden a lot of different dirt bikes, getting some experience. Yeah. Just trying, trying everything out there and seeing what, what's good and what's not. Has, has that helped you as a racer? Uh, it definitely has kind of being on my own program. Uh, I can kind of see what bikes I enjoy and what bikes I do and not enjoy without spending you know, a lot of money on bikes to just go, Oh, this bike sucks or this bike's good. So it definitely helps me out there and, and, and has brought a lot of opportunities and stuff, uh, places to ride and, and things to ride. So the question I have for you, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking back, you know, when, I, when I was your age and this is back when the, the wheels on the dirt bikes were made of stone. Uh, so don't, <laughs> don't, I don't want you to hurt your brain thinking about this, but when when you're, have you had anybody tell you that what you thought about the motorcycle was wrong? Uh, a lot, a lot of times. <laughs> and, it's a, and it's and, a common thing. And how do you how do you react to this? Uh, usually, the people that tell me this are people who don't know too much what they're saying, so I just kind of ignore them, anyways, and and I listen to my own thoughts. Wow. That's uh, actually, that's, that's the right answer. I mean, cause so, so you said something earlier, you said you get to try a lot of things and you see, see what you like and maybe what you like and what sucks and what sucks for you may be a quality or characteristic somebody actually, actually likes in a motorcycle and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, like Trevor, Trevor Hunter and I are a little bit different in size and builds and stuff. So when like we kind of compare some stuff, some things don't always work for him and some things work for me. And, and sometimes it's that situation where we're just different builds of, of people. And sometimes people just, I don't know, have different styles of riding and stuff. So it doesn't always transfer to everybody. I would say, you know, for every single part. Yeah. And, and you've written, you've ridden with me and, you know, I have, I, my kind of, what I like is not what, the general public thinks they like. That's the way I like to put it. Um, when, yeah. when, when a lot of people, riders over time, if you, if, if you, if I told them what I did to a bike, they would say, no way that I wouldn't want to do this. <laughs> but if they ride my bike, they go, wow, that thing actually works pretty good. And it's not for the reasons that you would think like a lot of my power deliveries are kind of actually the suspension and power are really similar the way I do kind of smooth, not, not really snappy, um, but, but very progressive. Like I want to, I want the bike to rip up on top, but I don't want it to be snappy or abrupt on the bottom. And same thing with suspension. I want it to be really supple and kind of plush in the beginning, but I just don't want it to bottom out. And so there's good sides and bad sides to that because, you know, with, with suspension, people feel like my suspension might be a little bit wallowy or my power delivery is a little bit like maybe soft in the middle because it doesn't have this pick or pick up or hit or something and i always say well if it doesn't have enough pro uh, throttle response turn the throttle farther Can yeah always you we actually trevor hunter and i ran in that 
24 hour race bike, you're, I think it's called jail smooth mapping. And I, I was honestly a big fan of that. Uh, you know, I'm more of a 250 guy, so maybe that's why I like the not so harsh hitting bottom end. But and that was on we, the we F- that. FX450. Yeah, the 22 FX450. Right. And and what's funny is is some of that map is actually more aggressive than stock. But I just you know in that mapping, I just tried to fill in some holes where where Yamaha I think allowed it to to vary a little bit. You know, so where it kind of picked up and and so if you were I always call it parking lot racing or, you know, whatever. And you went and twisted the throttle. It would feel like you, you would feel like, man, that thing has a lot of power and a lot of hit, but that's not going to translate to traction and accelerating the bike faster in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it like, like that mapping we ran, it, it felt really soft, but it, it just gradually got, up into the power which felt nice and smooth which some people like and some people don't but i really enjoyed the way that felt yeah and if you don't if you don't like it turn the throttle farther i always ask somebody (laughs) when people complain about power i say so you were wide open right and they're like well no i'm like well (laughs) turn 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 i mean on 250f yeah you're wide open a lot unless you're matt i was watching matt ride today yeah low and slow (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot more rpm up there buddy oh i know i know but i i wanted that i was having fun with that nice low trust me when when we were doing the ridges the rpms were getting a lot, a lot higher oh the only time i heard the rpm go up was when we went up that ledge in that drainage culvert oh boy oh boy <laughs> <laughs> okay okay but the rpms is not why i ended up going uh ass over tea kettle there right it's called. It, a, it, I guess it was called Flying W. It according was to the Big picture John. perfect Flying W too. Yeah. Like it. So, um, <laughs> uh, Tyler. So we, we're gonna we're gonna kind of. I so I struggled with both of the Hondas that Trevor has now the 450RX and the 450X. And the the funny thing when I say I struggle with them is I've always kind of struggled with the RX when I was trail riding, you know, off road riding. The, if if I were racing, I, I always thought, especially if I was like on a, like an SRA Grand Prix, I would want to race an RX that I would just take that thing box stock. It seemed like it'd be really good bike for that. But if you started doing more off-road stuff, it, it was a little harsh and suffered. And then on the X, I just remember really liking that bike and just, it did everything like a Honda, just so smooth and nice that there was nothing bad about it. And then when he brought this, the latest one out here, which hasn't changed. I felt it kind of felt a little heavier. Maybe the, sometimes the motor felt a little snappy on the bottom, but lethargic through the middle and different things. And I, I just kind of find myself, actually, I like the RX better for trail riding than the X, which really kind of surprised me. So how are you feeling on those particular bikes? Yeah. Well, the first day we rode the RX and the X out at, I think it was called chocolate thunder mountain uh, for the Honda off-road intro. And it was pretty rocky and tight. And the 450 RX just didn't seem to get along with kind of going through that stuff. And we found the X being a little bit heavier and, and the, and the uh, power being a little bit softer. We thought it actually like kind of handled a little bit better there. Right. And then we went trail riding somewhere else, uh, over New Year's and Trevor and I were swapping back and forth between the X and the RX. And we found when he switched the bars and uh, I think he changed the mapping. I'm not too sure. No, I think, I think he did the front tire. 
I don't oh, think that's he, what it he, was. he didn't yes. do mapping on that. I mean, the, the good thing is that, that RX has a lot of different maps and you can yeah. play around with those. And both me and Trevor were like completely different ideas and where we like which map we liked. He liked a lot of traction control. I hated the traction control. Um, and then I liked the kind of the, I usually like the aggressive map, but I like the stock map on that one. Stock map, no traction tr- control. I was really happy. Or I could kind of go aggressive map. Uh, no traction control and be okay. But if I had a traction control, it kind of messed it up. And I just, I didn't like the the mellow map at all. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. All the maps I feel like were good in different places for different things. Like if you're trying to ride a little bit harder, like you said, an SRA, I felt like the map three was really good for that because it's really aggressive and hard. But like when we were, like I was saying, we were up at uh, trail riding, the map one, like you said, just the stock map seemed to be, one of the better maps for just smooth uh, riding for that kind of stuff on the RX. Yeah. And then, but, and then, and then the, the, like you said, the, the, in the tighter, rockier stuff, the, the, the weight of the X and the smooth power of the X really helped where I, I, I actually, but I'm heavier too. So I was kind of able to make that RX. I think my weight helped the RX work because we rode it in some heavy or rocky technical stuff. And it wasn't really that bad where the old one would have been horrible. Yeah. They, <clears throat> Trevor, I think also added a Yoshimura assist pipe system on it. Cause we needed a spark rester. But I think once you got rid of that AT 81 front tire, in my opinion, and he put on those uh, other bars, it kind of made the bike turn a little bit better and almost felt like it handled a little bit better. I think cause that front tire was gripping finally to where before it was kind of like giving out on us a little bit. Yep. But uh, it seemed to fix that bike a lot. I felt I'm a little bit lighter for for my height because I'm on a 250 still, but I felt the forks were a little harsh and could be softened a little bit. And uh, and with some clickers changes, uh, it, it definitely got there. But I think for someone my my weight and uh, and everything, I would I would have give the suspension to somebody to go do and everything. Did, and did, I think it would handle really well. But Trevor, didn't Trevor put stiffer? Did he, no, he didn't know the Yamaha's where he's putting the stiffer springs. This brings us to a question. We got a really good question. Yeah, on you, those stuff. you want me to bust this one out? Right yeah. Now? So we, uh, we have a question here that you can help answer. Let me see. It was All from right. Lee Graham, I believe. It was the one you forwarded me. Yep. Okay. So Lee Graham, he had one of two questions. Number one was, I'm sure oil changes have come up in the past, but hear me out. I'm looking for your opinion. Since you have so many KTM four strokes, I just bought a 2020 FE 350S and the dealer is pushing Motor X uh, 1050 at $28 a liter. I want your opinion on viscosity and is synthetic a must? Um, this is not the question I was thinking, but I, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of waiting for it to get to suspension. <laughs> no, no, it, it was it never was, did. It never it was, got to suspension. It was about the YZ450 FX. It was about the video that they put up, and it was the one that that asked. Um, he's he said he's in, he said you guys didn't talk about the weights of the riders. What uh, you know? What about the? You know, he said you guys went up on the spring rates. Would this work for an old slow guy or something like this? Mm-hmm. And so. I'm pretty sure Trevor on the Yamahas went up a spring rate because you guys ran with stock valving, correct? Uh, I think we ran stock valving, but yeah, we did go up either one or I want to say even maybe two spring rates in the forks. Right. I can't remember. Hey, I want to say it was either we, one or two. We got to address one thing. Bill O'Neill sent us, he super chatted us. Oh. Pure character lying on the side. <laughs> 
raising his arm while saying, how's it going? <laughs> oh, what? oh. Do, oh, do so we, it's in in the super chat. There's like a little little emote thing. Oh, and since oh, that stream doesn't show us the emote, so it gives us a description of his emote. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so literally, it, it Bill, it's it's yeah. going good. That 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 is that. Where does that five bucks go? Do you get it? No, it goes to YouTube. Goes to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So YouTube gets it all. So, no, no, no. We actually get. We get it. They actually have a really fair uh, split for the split super on chat, it. Super chat. So you you skim that right off the top, right? Uh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Just because I'm actually I've, a pro cooking the books. I've never seen, well, I know I don't. That's why I, <laughs> I, I never, see, I've never seen the five because somebody else sent us some money one time on the, the super chat mm-hmm. and we were supposed to give it to Nate. Yeah. I skimmed it right off the top, but, the, that, but, the, but you know, Nate's worth, worth it though. It was 30 bucks. It was gas money for him to get here for the show. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Oh and, yeah. It was, and, it was a good amount. So I never gave it to him. But the funny thing is you never gave it to me. So you skimmed it right out from underneath me. So I still owe Nate money. Uh, we'll call that the fifteen percent that we gave to the. So is it Bill? Was his name? It, yeah. So that's Bill. Yeah, yeah, Bill. Thanks for reminding me of this. Now we now we've uncovered our money skimming uh, operation that goes on here. But anyhow, back to the questions <laughs> that uh, it's going to be on our YouTube uh, comments and questions. And it was someone that asked if about the 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 bringing up and so spring rate for the most part the rider's weight determines the proper spring rate uh if you're if you're heavier you're going to need stiffer springs this is kind of the thing but the difference between and and tyler probably you can probably agree with me because isn't your dad slow He's, he's pretty slow in my opinion. Okay, good. Glad you said that out loud. Um, we're going to, we're going to keep, keep going down that. Um, is, is he as old as me? Uh, no, he's not as old as me. Does he no, know how, not. does he know how fast I used to be? Um, I, he, well, I told him how, how I've been telling Trevor that I've never seen a video of you fast. So I don't know if I, believe you were fast at any point because they because they didn't have video cameras back then so we'll get back to this right now but we're going to go back to the fork springs so a lot of times people say well i'm you know i'm not that fast i don't need stiff springs i promise you that there's a lot of slow riders that hit stuff way harder than the fast guys like i was one of those fast guys that ran um softer springs than most because I tended to look for smoother lines. I, I like to ride around bumps. So I never really set my bike up to, I don't want to say, uh, I, so I always had safety built into my bike setups and stuff, but I wouldn't compromise like traction and, and comfort for trying to set it up to always, you know, I always had good bottoming resistance. That's why I talk about really progressive suspension all the time. It had some bottoming resistance, but, I wasn't going to just use it needlessly, if that makes any sense. So there's there's fast guys that run soft springs and there's slow guys that need to run stiff springs because they hit every bump on the track or they, well, I'm, I'm really bad at jumping. So I like, I like to under jump everything and over jump everything as opposed to just downside stuff. <laughs> so that's why, I don't, that's why I don't jump things anymore. I just, I get, I just stay with my soft springs and, and ride around, you know, you know, don't do the jumps. <laughs> if it works, then then it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric Featherstorm's <laughs> apparently seen you, Jimmy, ride a BMW rally bike at Glen Helen. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, when I was racing rally, I used to take the the rally bike. The, 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 all the guys do this now. They take them to the tracks and you ride them around. Yeah. I was pioneering back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> so so, so his question was, is he wanted to know what the weights of the riders were. So you're probably with gear. You're what, 175, 180? Yeah, about with gear. I think all four of us were within like, five pound well so trevor and i were a little bit on the heavier side uh without gear we were both like 160 165 and then the other two were 155 okay so we were close but we weren't you know identical uh weights but we all were pretty pretty similar on the suspension setups at the end but we were all pretty close in weight right and and everybody was kind of happy with that suspension overall yeah i mean trevor and i both said that was probably one of the best bikes we've ever ridden uh this suspension was amazing on that bike or handling bike at least it was one of the best but i think the other two definitely enjoyed it a lot i think it was a little stiff for those two though and it could have either been their weight or their different uh riding styles but and, i'm not too sure and those uh, the other two guys were also 250 guys as well Yes. Yeah. And, and just the, the difference between a 250 and a 450, the 450 with that inertia and that crank inertia and the weight, it, you know, bottoms, you know, it literally, you know, it doesn't, I'm just gonna say bottoms. It just, it just adds a heavier, sometimes like the weight adds a plushness to it. But if you're light, you think about it, if you're a light rider on a bike that's sprung a little bit stiffer, all that weight, you feel it. It ends up transferring through the, you know, through the chassis up into the handlebars. And so it gives you that kind of sensation that. Yeah. Um, works out. Yeah. You definitely do feel the, feel the weight differences between the 250 and the 450. Right. So, um, okay. So that was the one question we, we answered it without having it actually on the sheet. Yeah. Yeah. It make it on the sheet. Cause when you said you sent me one, I thought it was a different one that you had sent me. This is, this is what I have to deal with all the time. Uh, so in, 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 in Trevor's like probably the worst, you know, I mean, he, he call, you know, he won't, won't ever call into the show. He's scared. Yeah. Scared. Yeah. He's scared of calling in the show. He, he offers you guys up, you know, uh, he offered you and your dad up like straight away. I'm like, Trevor, you want to come in the show? He's not belt, belt naps. Those guys can come on. But now he's he's hanging out with your dad right now. They're at some district meeting. Yep. So yeah, tre what, the, whatever Trevor's the, trying to do at the district meeting, he's trying to get the rules changed so that he can win. Basically, that's that's what I'm understanding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I you know I you know how many number one plates I have at SRA. At SRA. Yeah, SRA. Lots. Uh, yeah. I could I could probably get the number. I know the I know the people who run it pretty yeah. well. So many, many years of just complete dominance at SRA. Every every time I'd show up on a different test bike. This is how I used to test bikes. <laughs> I, I literally got a number one plate in the vet class before I was actually vet age. And that was like 30 <laughs> years ago. Like Don, you know, so the so the guy that owns it now, his dad was was running the place. He told me, he said, I, I told him, I said, because I, I used to pull off in the last lap. I'd ride the vet race, but I'd I just testing a bike, ride around and pull off in the last lap so I wouldn't get scored. And he goes, you know, Jimmy, he goes, you can, you can just like finish the race. It's okay. And I go, I go, but I'm only 29. He goes, if I disqualified every 29 year old in the vet class, I'd lose half my field. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought that was the best thing ever. <laughs> and then that, that's the pro- that probably still goes on too. Um, I don't know. I think they check it now because the uh, internet or something like this. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, that was, those were, the SRAs were the funnest Grand Prix. I, th- I, I would like to come back out and do one, but I don't race anymore. Because. What do you mean? Just, no just trail ride the race. Just trail ride the yeah. race? Yeah. Yeah. Like if, you're not, go, if you don't care about results, just go trail ride the race. I don't know. I can't turn it off. I still like, I get on the race course track. Even I was today, like I told yeah, you. Even today. Oh yeah, I saw it. You, you got scared that I was going to pass you and it, I psyched you out and, and I, you went yeah, down. I, yeah. I pulled my groin. Yeah. Yeah. I, I pulled over because I pulled over for a great battle and then I came around the corner and you're on the ground. So we were riding the Sand Hill track today and I was riding my, just a stock KTM 500 um, with the revalves in it, by the way, I like to put that in. And I, I went around a turn and something in my leg, like it popped. You know that muscle that goes kind of like, you know, from where your sausage is at and it goes down to your knee. It's called an abductor or something like that. You know this muscle, uh-huh. Tyler? Uh, I didn't know it was called that, but I know what you're talking well, about. Well, the only reason I know is because my wife's really smart and she told me when I, she, she asked me to do a couple uh, moves and techniques and I went, she said, do that. And I went, ow. And then she goes, okay, that's your abductor. She used to be a <laughs> physical therapist. And so it goes from like, where your sausage stuff is down and, and, and it hurts. Like it was really hard. I, I, I can't, I can't put my foot. Like when I go, if I go to dab or if I try to squeeze the tank with my knees, it really, it was causing me some problems. So I think tomorrow I'm going to have what they call blue balls, but not from the reason that we're familiar with. (laughs) (laughs) It might be purple. It might be purple ones. (laughs) Bruised balls. (laughs) So, um, be I think maybe I should do some stretches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I want to put I want to put uh, it's a vagina cramp is what Victor tells me. <laughs> Take Midol. Midol, he says. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, Victor's get, Victor gets kicked off of Facebook about every two or three weeks, and then we miss him for like a a year. Or a month. Yeah, he goes from Facebook <laughs> to YouTube to Instagram yeah. a lot. How'd you How'd you like? Did, did you rec- You didn't recognize the two guys on the side of me in that picture I sent to you. No, I know. I knew who the left was. The left. Uh, to the left was Danny Hamill, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. I could just tell because because of his size, he's huge. Right. I and... had a, I had a team race with that guy. You want to talk about team racing with somebody you shouldn't team race with? <laughs> like you know, you're talking about those little wimps on your team that don't know how can't handle the bike that you've got set up. <laughs> that was me. And like we, we, in any any change I made to the bike made Danny go ten miles an hour slower. And so we just decided, like, just stop it. Just you little boy, get on this bike and bring it back to him when he, so he can go win with it. <laughs> but actually, actually, we didn't, when I teamed with him, we didn't win that much. <laughs> actually, that, that was one of the parts I found pretty funny in the story that uh, Brett did on Danny Hamill. Oh. Because you, you, his part with you uh, talking about, uh, I'll just set up for him. He's the faster one anyway. Yeah. That's, that was the, that, there was no way I could ride a bike like that. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> good reason to have my wife massage them. No, she ain't touching them. That's a sore area right now. <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, Tyler, uh, how how was Trevor's KX450? You rode it probably before he raced it? Yeah, I thankfully got to ride it before uh, its destruction. Uh, no, it's, it's still fine, I think. But... Uh, we rode it at Glen Helen one afternoon and it was really good. I think at that point he had uh, a T- TCS do the suspension on it and then it had a f- 
uh, ECU Flash by Precision Concepts. And then I think he had just some pro taper bars on it. I'm not too sure what Ben. And that bike handled really amazing. It was probably that and that, like I was saying with that uh, 450 uh, FX, Yamaha 450 FX, we raced at 24. Those are probably two of the best handling bikes I've ever ridden in my life. And those, the Cowie just had a little bit calmer of a map, which I liked uh, being a little bit smaller and stuff and used to 250s. So the bottom end hit a little bit smaller and it was, it was a really good bike. Yeah. The, the, the KX motors are always really, really potent. I mean, Kawasaki has no problem making power. And it's yeah. kind of, I, I, I always say that Yamaha seems like the Yamaha is more of a bottom end mid range focused motor. And then the Kawi is mid range and top focused motor. Yeah. And, and, and whatever they're, you know, that's, and it, it's funny is like when I mess with the map on the Yamaha and I haven't done, you know, like I haven't played with the newest Yamaha yet, but I'm always trying to kind of simulate that Kawasaki bottom end um, pull feel. I call, I call it like flat torque. It just has, it just has a lot of torque without a lot of, a lot of torque without a lot of horsepower, if that makes any sense to you. Kind of. Yeah, it just it's just you just want it to pull. It's the kind of thing that you can rev it and it's not too aggressive, but you can also click it a gear high and it just tugs and uh yeah. kind of kind of get you get you get you where you need to go. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. It, it it had really good revving, like you were kind of saying, I think from what I'm understanding you're saying, it like when you rev a 450, a lot of times it just feels scary cuz like it, the bike almost feels like it's about to fall apart and <laughs> you get you get a little a little scared, but that well, bike, it allowed you to rev it pretty high. And yeah. I never felt like it was getting too tensed up or anything weird like that. Well, I think, I think what you're feeling is when you talk about it, like it was, it was feeling, you know, too much is 450s make it so much power. A lot of times when you're revving up like that, it's spinning. And so it's not, the motor's kind of like getting traction, releasing traction, releasing, and it's kind of becoming free and it spins. And so it's not like a 250 where the 250s, you know, it kind of hooks up and it, and it, and it's pulling, like it's not, it's not breaking the ground out from underneath it. So it's, but the four fifties kind of tend to, you know, they'll, they'll spin up a little bit quick. And if you're not, if you're not careful with it, you're essentially going slower. You know, you wonder why some guys on two fifties can <laughs> ride around guys on four fifties. It's because the guy in the four fifty, yeah, he's got the throttle wide open, but he's throwing dirt, not moving forward. Yeah. So. Yeah, Absolutely. So C. Bosch says, "Welp, we've run the gamut of topics now." Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, we we've already. Well, groin injuries. Yeah, yeah. Back <laughs> injuries. <laughs> so, anyhow, well, uh, Tyler, thanks for coming on. Are you? Are you? Are you? So you're still not convinced that I used to race motorcycles? No, I heard. I've heard a lot of stories. I haven't seen any videos. I looked for Trevor. Said you had an Erzberg. Uh, uh, prologue win uh right find anything fastest, on that besides, fastest guy up you gotta it's you search it like bmw erzberg jimmy lewis you'll, you'll you'll find it i was the fastest guy ever up that road and then they managed to change the rules to make it so that i wasn't the fastest guy because i was an american i'm just gonna i'm just gonna and i was on a bmw because like if you're not if you're not austrian and you're not on a ktm it's you're you're, you're fighting an uphill battle at erzberg <laughs> <laughs> so my bike blew up on the second run all i had to do was there's no way the second run was ever going to be anywhere near the first run because it was not smooth 
And it was like, there's like breaking bumps and, you know, hoops and stuff. Thousand guys go up this road, but you have two shots at it. And the first run, I nailed it. And uh, after that, uh, yeah, my bike blew up on the second run going up because it was a pretty highly tuned bike. It was, it was meant to go really, really stinking fast, like 140 horsepower. So, yeah, a lot. It like, yeah, it was a lot of power. It was a really fast motorcycle, but we knew it wasn't going to last very long. (laughs) And it didn't. <laughs> so the, uh, yeah, I finished Erzberg too. That was, I, who cares about that stupid hair scramble? I actually finished the, 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 the race, the real race. No, the Iron Mountain prologue is the one that I have the fast time up, but yeah. Wasn't, uh, 2007, the year I want to say McGrath and Pastrana went. So yes. So I finished right in front of Jeremy McGrath. Actually, I helped Jeremy finish, uh, Jeremy, myself and Ryan Dudak, who now is Honda's PR guy and Jeremy, I was running up in the top 10 and a guy like launched his bike off of a rock and it fell on my bike and broke my brake lever off. So I had literally had to go into the woods and steal a brake lever off of another bike, uh, a spectator <laughs> bike and come back. And when I came back, like, um, when I was walking into this, it's called Carl's diner. It's one of the famous sections. Jeremy was like literally he was over it. And cause he had a bet with Travis Pastrana. I think they bet like $2 that they were going to, who was going to beat each other. And Travis like finished fourth overall, that guy, unbelievable, insane, you know, the, the talent on the motorcycle and, and Jeremy knew he wasn't, and it was just, it was just pure suffering and it had just started to get really hard and he was kind of over it. And I was walking through, I'm like, Jeremy, you can't quit. It just don't, no matter what, don't quit. You're going to finish this thing. It's just, it's good for everything. And so we talked a little bit and Ryan pulled up and we're like, yeah, let's just, let's just trail ride this thing. We'll go out and suffer together. So we, we rode the rest of the the race together um, and kind of helped each other get through some of the stuff. It was, it, 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 you know, it was, it was probably, he probably didn't expect it to be anything like it was. I had done it before. So I had an idea of what it was like. And we got to the finish line where we got right before the finish line and we, we stopped and I said, okay, now we race. And so we lined up like three o'clock across <laughs> like a motocross start and raced into the tractor tire section right before the finish. And I beat him. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, why don't you say that more? You could say you beat the King. Well, I have seven supercross championships too. You don't know this. Oh, the pit bike yeah, ones? That. World Backyard Supercross Championship. So me and Jeremy were seven-time <laughs> Supercross champions. So. You actually had, like, real motocross guys in those too, right? I'd be Ryan Hughes, Lance Smell. Um, uh, who else came there? Jimmy Hawley. Johnny Mara wouldn't race. He's chicken. Uh, there was a lot of guys. This is back in the day. There was – who else? Uh, there, was, there was some really fast guys that came to Langtown. I actually missed beating some of the best ones because I didn't have a good bike. I, I literally, cause you had to have a good bike and I was in between good bikes at the time because I was building them in my garage. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow. Um, so any, do you have any questions that we can answer for you tonight on tech talk taco Tuesday, Tyler? Uh, just, I, I mean, is there any video proof at all of you riding or, you know, I could see results, but I just want to see you ride. And right. not current time. Apparently, apparently some, videos. I was going to say, there's apparently some VHS tapes that are floating <laughs> around somewhere that Jimmy claims is what inspired the Krusty Dirt guys. Yeah, we had we, we were doing Krusty Demons Dirt before it was a thing. I have video. <laughs> but we haven't seen the proof yet. There, do you see a VHS player anywhere around here? 
There's one at my parents' place. I can bring it over. Well, I, I'm going to bring a VHS player back because okay. I got I know where the tapes are. I think I located some of them the other day when I was looking for those photos. Uh, are they to music and stuff too? Oh yeah, it's to music. Nice. nice. Yeah, it's, uh, that, and that's half the reason we couldn't put them anyplace because we get nailed music. by um, yeah copyright infringement and stuff like this. So okay, well you just you know keep doing what you're doing. You saw that picture I sent you of uh, me riding through the fire the night before I yeah, won a national hair and hound on the 250 class. That was 250 that was uh, expert. They didn't have pro back then. You weren't allowed <laughs> to be a professional off-road racer. But uh yeah, that was that was what we used to do the night before. I I I had friends that really liked to party and and I liked to party too, but I wasn't drinking or anything like that back then. So, I used to be their entertainment. They would think of stupid ideas and I'd weigh them out and I'd say, "Okay, I can do that." Fire burnouts, jumping through the fire. Mm-hmm. Is is this what you do before a national hair and hound? Um, I've actually never raced a national oh. hair and hound, so maybe I'll try doing this before my first one. <laughs> well, there. Well, you see how they go. That's what Trevor did. Trevor tried one. You, you, you motocross and Grand Prix guys need to learn how to slow down for the national hair and hounds. You can't just send it because you're not going around the same. There's a rock around every bush. You know what? You know why a bush grows in the desert? Has anybody told you this? How what? Why a bush grows in the desert. Oh, why? Because a rock stopped the seed. So so every place there's a bush growing, there's a rock behind it. And I see... I, I believe that. I see Grand Prix guys and motocross guys like just riding through bushes. And sometimes it's a little teeny tiny rock. But every once in a while, it's a Trevor-sized rock. Trevor finds these things. Donkeys, rocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His donkey video is doing pretty... The one he the sent me. Donkey video. Uh, Matt commented on Trevor's donkey video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have another one coming out Friday. I'm, I might uh, need to change what I said in it, but we'll do some editing. Okay. So, uh, anyways, well, thanks for coming on, Tyler. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We will, uh, when when you do more, when you have more bikes to test, we'll have to call you because I hardly test them anymore. I just sit around and tell you kids what to do, Right. Right. Sign us up for shows. In in between telling you how fast I used to be. <laughs> Did he hang up on himself? My phone died? He's gone. No, he's still here. Uh, Is that, he, no, I'm still here. You guys kind of broke up right there. Huh? Oh, oh, huh? my phone might have died or getting close to it. But anyways. No, we can, yeah, we can... Well, uh, tell, tell all your friends, get all your friends to subscribe. Make them listen to this podcast. Just tell them they, they, it they might actually learn something, which is kind of strange these days because nobody wants to learn anything. But if they, and if they, if they're having problems with their bike, like their bike isn't set up right or something's wrong with it or something, I dare them to call in. We have the seat concepts, hot seat hotline that they can call into. And they, you know, when they're struggling and their dad's telling them they need to put this part on, or they want to buy this part. And their dad says, they can't have enough money to, to buy that and all this stuff. And I'll just cut straight to the chase. I'll give them the, the, the hard answers that they need to hear. I'll make, I'll make sure for any bike trouble, any of my friends have, I'll send them, I'll right. send them exactly where to go. Tuesday night, 7 PM live. This is where I want them. I don't, I don't want, I don't want all this, this barrage of emails or anything like that. I just, <laughs> I, I just want to just deal. I schedule out, I schedule out two weeks of my, uh, two hours of my week. To, to dedicate to you, you donkeys, to help you be better um, motorcycle riders. 
All right. I'll make I'll make sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Advice from the best. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh good to talk to you, Trevor. Thanks for coming out. Or Trevor. Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I can't remember names, by the way. <laughs> so we hope okay. to see you in prompt sometime, man. Yeah. Oh, you gotta come out and ride out here. I'll show you how fast I am. <laughs> All right. Like well, like you can watch I mean, you I'm don't ridden with you. you was I was I was I doing okay? Honestly, yeah. For we were at Kauia and you wait, weren't wait, doing too bad. For an yeah. old wait, you're gonna say for what? For uh, for a what? <laughs> for an old guy. Okay, old. guy. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yep, act like a kid, but ride like an old dude. <laughs> so okay, we're hanging up on you. Good to talk to you. We'll see you in the future. All right. Okay. Right. Bye. All right. See you guys. See you okay. So we are going to come back in the very near future, but it wouldn't be possible to come back without Yamaha, Takamoto, Scott Sports, Climb. Did you see all the Climb stuff I had on today, Matt? Yeah. Did you see how comfortable I was? You were very comfortable. How easy it was to unlayer? Yeah. I was wearing that 1.0 base layer stuff, which Mm -hmm. has made it so that we could ride in 40-degree weather. Mm -hmm. And then I started banging out the hot laps. Yeah, yeah. And then you started stripping off. I just took my jacket off. Yeah. I didn't have to take my base layers off because that stuff wicks mm-hmm. my, my, uh, I sweat like, um, a pig mm-hmm. and I have a pulled muscle like a pig too. Yeah. Uh, but man, I was super comfortable today and, and I loaned you some what? Some climb gear as well. Windstopper gloves. Yeah. Windstopper in, gloves. Inversion gloves. So yeah. when it's cold, cause it was really cold, just, you know, getting transporting out to the, to the track zone made it super nice so climb mm-hmm. makes some super awesome stuff they definitely know their winter weather stuff they make snowmobile stuff yeah snow well, machine it, stuff. didn't they start with snow, snow snowmobile that's, stuff and then came into more cycles that's where they started so they're they're really good at weatherproofing and all this so if you're looking for long-lasting gear that that makes you comfortable they have it if you are curious about what they are let us know we can answer all those kinds of questions of course there's seat concepts the hotline, we're working on getting the hotline back up and running. Oh, I mean, it works, but for some reason, it doesn't work for all the mics. It works, but it doesn't work. So that's the mm-hmm. kind of answer that I like to have. Mm-hmm. You know, an, an answer that you're kind of like complimenting the question, but then you're just shutting it down. Yeah, yeah. That's like answering a question with a question. Well, yes, but actually no is essentially yeah, essentially what I just said. Perfect. Bulletproof Designs. And double take mirrors. If you're looking for a double take mirror discount code, let me know. Might have an uh, have a code for you. So, Matt, you want to take a break? Yeah, we'll take a break, and uh, hopefully, when we come back, hey, the we, will be a little bit better. We have a really special guest for uh, Rooster Endo. Mm-hmm. Guy is a legend. Guy's an office chair right now. <laughs> he's he's an office chair, but he'll be back. We'll check yep. on him. Okay. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty and we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. 
we test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively we're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer and if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade then we don't offer it on the store everything that we carry is something that we have personally used tested and ridden and raced and knows meets the the high taco touch demanding standard go out and get some adventure and we are back yeah live from Pahrump this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday and we have another special guest tonight calling in zooming in Ricky Brabeck how is it going Uh, it could be going better but it's going just fine for now Um, I know I know do I know how you feel no, I don't know how you feel. <laughs> Sometimes I like to say I know how you feel, but then I go, I haven't broke my neck. <laughs> so good to good to see you again, man. I'm super bummed for you at Dakar. Uh, it, you can you can never say you weren't trying. Yeah, sucked, but we can go back again. Right. Yeah. That's the that's the good thing. Uh, Pretty crazy year this year, right? Yeah, I mean, the times I got home, like trying not to really focus on the race. And it's really hard because I follow a bunch of people that are at the Dakar. But uh, yeah, no, the times were really close. And at the end of the at the end of the the rally, I was like, damn, like I wish I was I was there, you know, battling that close with the times. But it for me, it's a little bit strange how the times were so close. But I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there to see why, but for some reason, I think, I don't know. Yeah. I I'm, I'm there with you. Cause I, I it, like, I'm not kidding. When you went out, I kind of, uh, I, it, it I put I, a bummer on it. For I, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to say I, I totally tuned out, but I didn't, I didn't pay much as, you know, I wasn't up every night watching the, the stage times and things like this. And, but I was, I was kind of just from afar, kind of like checking it. Cause I was really curious how that, that the bonus time was going to work out. Yeah. Cause it wasn't very well explained at least to the public. I know you guys with your teams had a, had a little bit of an understanding of it, but then, you know, we've always known like with the strategy, the strategy, which just blows me away. The strategy is to never win a stage. Yeah. And, and the strategy is just to kind of sit, you know, sit in that fifth place ish position and which is hard to do. I mean, you can speak to it a lot more than I could, like, because you don't know where everybody's at, except you kind of get an idea when you get to the fueling, correct? Yeah. And and then but somebody could decide to pull a plug at the fueling and really haul ass or somebody could back it off after the fueling and then kind of really upset that whole what you think is going on well yeah and if you're in the front of the competition at refueling like physically it's hard to know how much time they made on you so it's really i mean you can gauge them when they when they come into the refueling but it's not like accurate where if you're behind, you know, if you're the, if you're behind and all the competition is in front, then you can gauge the exact time that they leave. So it's, it's tough for sure. But, uh, with the, with the, um, time that they give you back, you know, like the bonus time, it's strange because 
okay, whatever, you get your one second, one and a half second or half second, but the whole deck car was wet. So if you think about opening the dunes and you're gaining three minutes after opening 250 kilometers, the guy that's starting in like eighth or 10th or 11th or 20th, those motherfuckers aren't even looking at the road book for 30 minutes at a time. Right. And it's like your one second that you're gaining every K is not, is not enough. But I mean, I don't know how. Yeah. And then that was, that was the other thing was with it being so wet. Um, you know, it was, it leaves the line and it's, it's funny. (laughs) Well, two, two things I noticed is, is I saw, I saw guys that were pretty far back missing waypoints and, and these guys like, they complained that they're like, well, I was just following the track and I missed a waypoint. And it was like, oh, I, I could see the track and you watch where they're riding. And, you know, it's a big sweeping turn. You know, the waypoint was uh, still another, you know, 100, 200 meters in. Yeah. And they just cut. They just cut the turn and they have no <laughs> idea why they missed the waypoint. And it's like, well, because a good they guy, you know, some, yeah, some, somebody that knows what they're doing, you know, they, they know they're coming up to the waypoint. The minute they get it, they hook the, they change the cap, they adjust the cap and they go. So they never even went, the first guys never even go, quote, to the waypoint. They get it. And then everybody's just like hauling ass. And you, you see the guy that, that got it and he's kind of going the other direction. You just kind of cut to him, cut to him. And all of a sudden you're four or five kilometers away and you're like, do you want to skip the waypoint or did you miss a waypoint? Like, what did I do? I was, I was on tracks. No, you were X amount. This is, this is why navigation is important for everybody, you know, at least mm-hmm. to under, at least to understand this and to know that, Hey, even though I'm just following tracks, I need to make sure I get a waypoint when I need to get a waypoint. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, and, and I, th- I think there was, you know, I think, Everybody but Kevin would probably say they would done they they could they could look back on their rally and if they were just a little bit better at navigation, they probably would have won. Top yeah, five I mean, guys. Well, Toby and Skyler didn't even win a stage. Yeah. So I mean it's it's crazy because I don't know. Toby I don't know what Toby's doing, but uh we all know that he can pull, pull the plug and put the hammer down at any given time of the day. But I mean, for, as far as Skyler, I don't know. I was never even close enough to Skyler. I mean, the only three days I was there, I was never, I was like either way ahead of him or like way behind him, you know, like I was on the other end of where his group was, but I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you judge to be, third to fifth place every day you know it's hard so yeah i don't know if you're just like if you get lucky and that's like your speed is like the perfect speed to not win but to not lose because like the first day when i won the special i swear want to (laughs) no i i didn't i was like i was gauging pablo and i was like perfect pablo beat me so now I'm like going to be behind Pablo and, and, you know, I uh, know Daniel's coming, you know, and at the end of the day, whatever, they got penalties and I ended up winning. But the whole first day, I swear to you, I was riding probably 60%. I was waiting for Sam to catch me because he only started a minute behind me. So I was like, ah, oh, 
I'm trying to cruise and wait for Sam to catch me. And then every time I made like a 90 degree turn, I saw nothing behind me. And I was like, okay, well, that's strange because I started, you know, in the twenties with Sam and Toby and Matias, like they were all, we were all three minutes apart and no one caught me. And I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm not riding hard. I'm not riding slow. I'm just like a good trail trail pace. And I was like, once they catch me, I'll just latch onto them and then ride at them, you know, so that way I'm in the group. Okay. So let's just, let's just clarify trail pace, Ricky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Trail pace. Right. Okay. So, so uh, yeah. (laughs) Anyways. But a fast trail pace. Yeah. You're just, you're, you're, you're you're safe, just safe, safe riding. Um, I wasn't using any, any energy, nothing. Yeah. But I, I don't, yeah. And then whatever I won. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm now I'm like, I'm bummed. But <laughs> this, yeah, hey, this is the, the way you were riding is the way that we all dream of riding. You know, we would all like to, to dream of riding like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to trail ride at that pace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't want you to do it on my bike. Cause it'll blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh. the, the, uh, yeah. Uh, I, you know, and it's funny cause in Skyler was kind of just saying, you know, I heard in his interviews and stuff, he's like, I'm not, I'm not, um, going with all this strategy. I'm not overthinking. I'm just going to go out and ride and have fun was sort of where he was doing it. And in the end that may have cost him, but you look at the Husky guys, as far as strategy goes, they had those guys on a really good strategy. They had one guy winning one guy, one day, one guy winning the next day, and they they were kind of they were set to however those last couple of days may have played out, except yeah. <laughs> except the times are way <laughs> too close. And in in my day, there was always like that day three or four where where there was a few guys that knew what they were doing would pull the trigger and they would they would they would try to make that seven, eight, ten minutes that they needed to get a gap on everybody in and and I've seen that I've seen that kind of work before, but it doesn't seem like there's you know there's that anymore. I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. The times are close, but for I'm just I'm looking back and I'm like, fuck, man. Like if I didn't have what I had, how how was it someone? able to make a bigger push like in the dunes to make a bigger gap to to catch in the dunes you mean no to, like toby skyler and and kevin how they all finished right by each other but no one was like significantly faster on one day to make up five minutes you know they were only making up a minute here you know, a minute and a half here, losing 30 seconds there. Like it was very small. Yeah. So how, how wasn't the one guy starting in the back? I know for sure on day uh, two, when I was opening, Kevin caught me and he, he's like, Hey, you want to switch off? You know, like it was a, it was a 447 kilometer day. And he's like, Hey, you want to switch off and we could take turns navigating and, and like work together. And I said, dude, yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. Gives me less chance to make a mistake. And yeah, he, he opens for a little bit and then we go through the rocks and we're in this like two track Rocky area for like 70 K's 
just like uh, enduro style, just like quick corners like this, just all in the river. And uh, Kevin just lets me by and I'm like, okay, like whatever, I guess it's my turn. So I open and then I put some time on Kevin and then we get to another refueling. And I'm like, hey, I just opened up like 150 Ks, dude. I thought you were going to help me. And he's like, hey, I'm tired. You're, you can open faster than me right now. I'm tired. I use all my energy already. And I said, fuck, man, like it's only day two, but I don't know if just the bike is, is difficult to ride right now or, or what, but normally like in the dunes, Toby or Kevin would put a big show and make a lot of time. Yeah. And I mean, it, to talk about, I mean, I, I know for sure, Kevin, can you talk about just unplug and go? Yeah. Kevin has, Kevin has that, that skill and that, um, that speed to, to be able to do this. I mean, I just remember even when he was out here training and stuff, it was like, yeah, that's, that's some, that's some wing in it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I, I, it, I don't, I, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm starting, I look at it from the outside, I look at it from just like, you know, people watching it on TV and just regular people. And like, as far as a competition goes, they did a really good, you know, whatever they've done is a really good job as far as keeping the, the, the times close and look like racing. The cars were kind of when the couple of cars broke and stuff like that, you had big leads. Um, I don't pay attention too much. To the trucks looks like the UTVs until they had brake, you know, mechanical stuff. You know, they all of a sudden people got leads, but the bikes were just amazing as far as as far as just who's going to win. It was mm-hmm. it was it was that. But I take a step back and I look at how many people got hurt. You yeah, know, there's a lot a lot of people. You know, they're doing all this stuff for safety, and all of a sudden you you got guys augering in and getting hurt quite a bit. Did yeah. you, your your vest went off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so I haven't talked to Paul specifically about what happened with with him and a couple other things, but yeah, there's some there were some big ones. Um, you yeah. know. <laughs> so well, anyways, hate to hey hate to bring up <laughs> I, I know you go over it in your head over and over again and and because uh, I know back when I was racing that's what I did all the time and you know it, it is it is what it is. You know, you you're you gotta know that when you're doing this, you're giving your best. You're going a hundred percent, you know, whatever hundred percent is, mm-hmm. whether, whether you, you know, you say it's 60%, but you're still managing your race and you're doing everything you can to have the best race you can. And yeah. stuff happens. That's why it's, that's why it's racing. You're yeah. on the edge no matter what. And crazy. Yeah. So let's turn to something better. Rooster Endo. Yeah. Let's Ricky. Go ahead. Rooster Endo and then bed. okay so we are going to do this segment it's called rooster endo it's brought to you by taco moto that's tacomoto.co we're going to be doing some interesting stuff with taco moto here in the near future yeah i'm excited for it we're going to meetings have been exciting we're going to do some interesting testing of products coming up real soon so if you have a especially a ktm or gas gas or husky or you know a a a compliant bike and you want to make it run a little bit better uh get some cool parts for it taco moto has lots of stuff for you and they are sponsoring this segment with a hundred dollar gift certificate so if you provide us with a certain amount of entertainment with your bike you give us the year making model Mm -hmm. and tell us about the modifications you do and we will uh will critique criticize condemn 
I don't know. What else do we do? Praise? Uh, we do a little bit of praise. A little bit of praise. A little praise. bit of applause every now and then, depending on how good the submission is. Ricky, you're only voting for Hondas tonight, right? No, I'm checking out the bikes right now. Oh, you Sweet. got you you got an email going. Yeah. yeah I so like right, I like rock hardwood. <laughs> <laughs> rock hardwood. Well, you know what? Well, let's start with, with that one then. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll start with that okay. one. Okay. So this one is from Rock uh, Hardwood. Let me see here. Oh, of course it does that there. Yeah, Matt is not really that good at the technical things. He 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 prides himself as the producer of this show, but I think it's the mostly messed up of this show. All right, oh, look at that thing. That's a so. Beast. This is from Rock Hardwood. Uh, 2003 KTM 525 MXZ. This bike is so badass and illegal that KTM had to stop making it. It was too gnarly of a bike for regular uh, pussies, and KTM decided to just make uh. a 500. This bike is geared to go well over 100 miles per hour, and it does it easily as it has a big tank, so you can go 100 miles for an hour for a long time. It has a tall seat on it because little shrimp shouldn't ride a bike this powerful. About the only necessary modifications is a trail tech kick kickstand so you can park it wherever you, you stop and everybody stands around in all of its arm yanking ditch digging bomb run slaying uh groin pulling machine there is no way that this bike is for sale but if someone is willing to part with a lot of cash i can make the make an arrangement you have to go through jimmy lewis because i don't want my identity to be revealed since i'm a collector of fine motorcycles hell yeah oh, at the sea, Ricky's hell yeah, that's roost, rooster endo or for sale. That's so roost. That thing's that thing's that thing's gone. definitely for sale. <laughs> yeah, it's a carbureted bike. Well, let's see. He said if you have a lot of cash, I'm sure the guy could make an arrangement. He said, he, he reached out to me. He doesn't want to be known. Mm -hmm. he, he 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 touched me and said, hey, um, I don't know. You, if think, I want. you think you could? You think you know you could put this on your show because I want to showcase this super awesome badass motorcycle. Uh, I, I, I know about this bike. It, this thing roosts, it really? does, it roosts hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it like, like you said, like KTM had to stop making them because they had to put fuel injection and only make it a 500 mm -hmm. and now, you know, like the 525 MXC, it just means it hauls ass. So yeah, it's a roost straight That's across the board. <laughs> yeah. See, Ricky says it's a roost. It's I a didn't roost. even pay him to say that. It's a roost. Okay, good. It's a roost. I'm thinking I'm that I'm that much closer to my hundred bucks from I mean uh, Rock Hardwood getting a hundred bucks uh, from Takamoto. <laughs> just don't just don't let. Uh... <laughs> okay, so this next one's from a uh, Leanne Riviera, two, 2022 Beta Cross Trainer. It comes with sick ass turn signals. A Scott. She's got dampener. a good pipe on it. Oh, she has the regular three, the beta yeah, three hundred. Oh, she better, she better put that on the list. Yeah, yeah. Okay, keep going. Uh, Scott steering dampener, enduro engineering handguards, FMF fatty pipe, carbureted rejetted, slightly richer on the needle and pilot jet, beta factory suspension services, rear shock and forty eight millimeter forks, lowered one inch and valve for five four one hundred thirty five pounder late pounds ladies B class, uh, pro grip pipe guard, AXP skid plate and radiator guards, uh, Maxxis Desert IT tires, Moose inserts. Uh, what started out as a $10,000 play bike is now worth over fifteen grand, and still the suspension doesn't work as good as my 17 Husky FE 250. But at least it's light, and now with the FMF pipe, it runs like a proper 300. Cheers from Canada slash Arizona. Right. So I, I was going to say that looks like Arizona. Mm-hmm. 
So what, 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 talk about the suspension a little bit more. What did she say? Uh, beta factory suspension services on for the rear shock and the 40 millimeter forks. Lowered an inch. And so, so involved. The, the bike is already low to begin with. And so lowering it more. This, she's, this probably is, the this, heart, she's probably right in the step of the, of the stroke. Right. So this is, so it, it's, it's, that bike is already low to begin with. And the suspension is actually kind of soft. But if you're if you're riding aggressively, especially if you were on a Husky 350 or something, you're getting that more stroke and and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Man, I would try to get it. What did, did she give her height? A five four. Five four. I don't think you would need to lower that bike for five four. We've had five four people ride the yeah. I wouldn't. Across I wouldn't. I wouldn't lower it. I yeah, think that's. I, I, I think I, that's the root of your your problem. I would uh, take it back up for sure. Yeah, get it, get as much. I mean, the the lower you go with with motorcycles, the lower the stroke and stuff like that. I mean, there's a point where it's too much. You know, too much it adds wallow. But when you start lowering a stock bike, especially a bike that's already low to begin with, that could be some of the problems with the 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 suspension because the the X trainers actually it's not it's if you're if you're using it what's designed for like kind of just trail riding mm-hmm. not racing but trail riding it's actually pretty good yeah i remember liking it but it will bottom you know it will, lot, it yeah. will it will go through the stroke and if you lower it even more like what ricky's talking about you get in this point where in order to be stiff enough you're going to you're going to be packing into the middle of the stroke and then it'll still it'll still bottom yeah so and inches pretty significant on on a bike that like that's that small, for sure, yeah. that's a root. That's a good roost. I, those are good bikes. I I love that bike. Yeah, I like. The, I, I actually I wanted I wanted to hear more about how it ran with the pipe. I, we need to put a pipe on either Erica's bike or Bob's bike. Mm-hmm. I have a pipe. I have a actually I have a Pro Circuit one that was from a Beta three hundred that I want to throw on to thing that. And Dave Black is is calling out somebody based on um, thinks they're selling a rental bike from like my off road riding school. It's crazy. Would never. There's it's, no way. There's no way you could rent out a bike with that much power to to a regular person. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you almost have to have a like a pro license to ride a KTM five twenty five. Oh, I, I, I think I've think, ridden that bike. Does that make me pro? You've not ridden that bike. You I've, don't even know. I've ridden you, that bike when you when you first got that bike. We took it for a trail ride, and it, we we had to ride oh, back in the thunderstorm. Back in the day. Back in the days. Yeah. Yeah. You back probably, in high school days. Yeah, you probably ridden that bike. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the slowest pro in the Pahrump region. Ricky, what do you say? Is a bike roost or endo? I mean, it looks like a proper enduro trail bike, so I probably would roost it. Yeah, roost. I'm going through. She's from Arizona, too. Canada slash neighbors. And Canada. Yeah. Well, actually, if she was from really from Canada, she would be underground. Like, the, the picture would be from a cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I think Ricky and Jimmy, I think you'll like this this next one too. This bike's also for sale. Morrow. Yeah, and this one is uh selling the Baja setup. It's a setup uh sorry. Selling the Baja setup 450X. It's a 2009 with only 20 hours on a rebuilt motor with uh, TRX valves. Bought it back in 2018 for his first Baja trip and just wasn't prepared, so he built everything from the ground up but neglected checking the valves. Uh, which he's claimed around good until he opened it up, uh, ended up getting a, a toe into San uh, Quentin Moto Shop. Uh, there's a lot of uh, dude filled me out of a Mexican Chrome billet. 
Uh, where's his modulus? The, the I owe me a shim out of Mexican chrome billet. Yeah. <laughs> what what is Mexican chrome billet? I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to find his his actual mod list here. This is just a story. Uh, I paid the guy handsomely and was able to limp it back to uh, Tecate. Uh, the next year, I bolt-proofed the thing and it was in the stain uh, and put in the stainless valves. This time, I broke it in and made sure the valves were within spec. Ran flawlessly. It rips. I've switched to an F uh, a fuel injected Husky and don't ride it anymore, but it's still legit. <laughs> You're editing this audio. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right, anymore, but it's still legit desert slash Baja weapon. Uh, Matt Borup tuned the suspension, set up for extra bag weight, TRX valves with 25 hours, integrated oil cooler, uh, Richet uh, skid plate, uh, hammerhead shifter and brake, ASV clutch and front brake levers, FMF quiet core, Tokyo mods, deleted smog caps, worked... Con radiator supports, BRP upper clamp with a GRP stabilizer, fat bars with tall lazy guy rise, HDP top clamp with USB charge port and uh, on off switch, Baja Designs XL80 BRP chain guide, uh, DIT, DID chain gold super sprockets, 6.6 gallon and 3.2 gallon tanks, oversized IMS Taily pegs, seat concepts comfort seat, Psycho hand guards, and much invested in this Baja worthy scooter. There you go, Matt. Good job. Thank you. He get uh, I his story that I thought was part of the mod list does does kind of affect the ratings for me. It 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 lowered the ratings. It lowered the rating for me. Yeah, that bike has so much shit on it. How do you ride it? <laughs> hey, I, mean, I love the bike. Look, this is what, what is the, the Mexican the, chrome the, billet? The Mexican chrome billet. That's just a piece of metal uh, laying around the shop in San Quentin that the guy filed out to make oh. work for this guy. Do you, so you have some, sense. you have some intimate knowledge of this bike. No, I, I don't know. Dude, I've never seen a bike with so many bags on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, that looks kind of like the bikes that I rally train on, except for the tank bag, right? And the front fender bag. Oh, I don't do that either. <clears throat> hey, you want to do, you want to do like a tour of Idaho ride? This yeah. summer, Ricky? Well, your yeah. bike's going to look like that. No. Yeah. I only have the rear bags, dude. Oh, only the rear ones. Yeah, that's way, that's, the rear bags is all you need. What else do you need? Well, you got to carry that front tank bag because you got to carry some cameras. Because we're, we're doing it for a video. I got to well, plan. I'll hire, I, I, I'll hire someone to ride with us with the backpack. They can't keep up. Kendall can There's, keep up. No, Kendall's going to be your, no, I don't know if Kendall's your buddy or not. I think, I don't know who your buddy is. I think it's Johnny. Maybe Johnny's your buddy. I'm not sure. Well, you and Kendall could do it. We could just leave Johnny at home. I we mean, don't need, we, we don't need another dad, right? Such a nice bike, but man, he really screwed it up with all the baggage he has. Oh, you're going to endo the guy for the bag. I mean, dude, the bags are going to endo himself. <laughs> I'm, okay so I, so i'm 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 kind of on the endo wagon here because not necessarily the bags but like look at where you're at this is a beautiful photo location you take a backlit photo your bike's in the shade okay sure i can see how much gas you have in the tank but that's not what i wanted to see i want to see a beautiful picture of this bike so you, you should have 
got there earlier in the morning because obviously, you know, this is late in the afternoon. They're trying to get to the bar. That's where I would go. Uh, and he, he's got his his buddies in the background. One of his buddies is wearing a short sleeve shirt. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how, how safety. You know how much sponsor room is on the edge of that sleeve there, Ricky? Oh, no. Look at that, dude. Blind. <laughs> what, what if he's on his way to ta- uh, tattoo his sponsors on? Oh, yeah. Maybe you should get your sponsors tattooed on. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, it's, and it's definitely seems, it says it's for sale. It says it selling. It is for sale. He actually told, uh, sent me the price, but. Oh, he did send the price. Yeah, but I did not include that part in here. That's what I was going to ask. I was saying if it's actually for sale, what's the price? Uh, I think it's around, I think it was, he was asking around five. Let me see if I can find the email again. Yeah, that's a, that's a, what are the, what are the 450s going uh, for? Like 5,500 asking Five price. grand. Five, Five grand. Six, typically, this bike. Yeah, but the, the bottom's falling out of that used bike market. But it does come with two gas tanks mm-hmm. and a lot of bags. <laughs> so, Dude, those yeah, bags are expensive. You probably keep in the bags. Endo. Endo. Hey, Clinton Riviere. He's the one who sent in uh, Liana's Riviere oh. bike. Oh, so you're... You're 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 using your wife to make you money. That sounds really oddly strange. We've never had anyone do that. No, no, or their children, or their children. Yeah, send pictures of your children in and make yeah. them make them right. Uh, so he says it was revalved to compensate for the lowering. Well, yeah, that's. I think that's the that's the. It still problem. doesn't matter though. Yeah, it's the it's stroke just, is like, still shorter. It's it's so hard to fight the you know you just need stroke uh, shock especially but um and then it runs amazing with the new pipe yeah i i actually wanted i want to try that just because i mean that's the the, that's kind of what that's the joy of the of the the x trainer the cross trainer is just that smooth torquey like no hit 300 power Mm -hmm. but if you could just make it a little bit more lively just a little bit that's i want to try it yeah yeah so uh yeah Maybe we need to talk to the, well, the, do you think the beta guys would know how to revalve it? Maybe they don't. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh-oh, <laughs> what do we got coming up here? All right. So this is from uh, Tyler uh, Bel- Belknap or Belcamp. Belcamp. Uh, he needs to tell is, me how to pronounce his last name. Uh, 2022 YZ250FX, but Renthal 996 bars that uh, he crushed the, uh, cut the crossbar off to give more flex. You uh, know, they have a company. There's this company called Fast Company that makes mm-hmm. flex handlebars. Yeah, you might be aware of them. They're one of the sponsors of this show, so I know I know you want to put Renthal's on there because you think you're going to win world championships, like I have. <laughs> but uh, I run flex bars because as a world champion, I know what comfort is, mm. and I'm not I'm not I'm not even this is this is not a shtick. This is Jimmy being honest. Jimmyism. It's a Jimmyism. <laughs> I run flex bars because it makes it so I can ride the next day. They're that comfortable. They make bad forks good. So I can, I can have a fork that's a little harsh and rigid and my flex bars do some of the work. It's kind of like tires. They, they, they work like suspension. Your tire works like suspension, the flex Mm -hmm. bars work, but they take that sharp hit out. So Tyler, just take it from, you know, take it from a pro, a multi-time ISD gold medalist, a guy who's finished on the Dakar podium. And Ricky, you know what that feels like? Yeah. Yeah, Wait, I, I got the podium or the bars. No, the podium. Yeah, I, I got the I got <laughs> the po- I got the small step on the podium. It was, it was, it Doesn't matter. You still got up there. Whew, let me tell you. Uh, and then, but I got these ISD gold medals. Yeah, 
Got some of those. I'm a well-rounded person, so trust me, Tyler. The the flat, fast company flex handlebars may be the next step for your success. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's go back to that bike. Okay. By the uh, way, I have to admit that was an ad read that I made up myself right now. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to sponsor this show and and you got a good product and Jimmy can get behind it, I'll pump it all day long. Nice. Hey, Jimmy. Yes. Wait till you see the next one on this bike. The next the the next mod? Yeah, yeah. So he has his handlebars cut for more flex. Oh, and then there we he, go. And then he has a tall seat for more cushion. <laughs> GYTR tall seat. That's almost as good as a seat concept seat. Yeah. Yeah, Almost. Seat Concepts, another sponsor of the show. They they bring you the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline, mm-hmm. which is not active tonight because my producer of this show, Matt, yes. you know him? I, I do know him. Okay. Matt is having a hard time stringing all the, the wires together. Mm-hmm. But I I was actually talking to somebody about the super awesome Seat Concepts comfort seats. And they have a, a real interesting shape. And Ricky knows about Ricky gets factory seats built just for him, right? I'm not lying here. Yeah, you go. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) he's so you have a guy that you give information to, and they make you a a super special seat for your factory Honda rally bike. Yeah, and they, they yours has like little gull wings on it. We call them right. Is that what you call those? Uh, I forgot what I call them, but yeah, more or less is the same thing just to keep hold, like keep more grip with your legs. Yeah. So it holds you, holds you on it. My seat concepts, comfort seats, mm-hmm. they have, they have those on there. They're, it's a little different. They're not like, like I, I've seen Ricky's bike. They're a little bit lower and they're really, they're not meant for comfort. They're meant to haul ass and hang on. Mm-hmm. And the seat concept seat is meant for comfort, but the default is is because it's narrow in the front and then it kind of widens up in the back. Yeah. When you're when you get on the gas and you start falling off the motorcycle because you're if you're like riding a Husaberg five seventy, mm-hmm. which you 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 see me ride a Husaberg things like so fast I can barely hang on. I thought I thought you heard. I one, just one lost to get drag race today. No, it's all so it's an old story. Okay, the, old story. <laughs> <laughs> I, was that supposed to be off the record? <laughs> no, no, it's totally on the record. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm gonna have to talk about it someday. I got, I we had did some drag races in the Husaberg. One of my Husabergs, the one that had been modified that I didn't modify, lost a drag race. I knew it was gonna lose. That's why I actually entered the drag race. Mm. But I'm talking about the seat. Back to the seat. It it has. I put a I put a seat concept seat on that particular bike. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's still pretty fast, but like you get on the gas and you can hang on with it. The, 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 where it gets fat, when you start leaning back, your legs actually run into that part of the seat. So it's multifunctional. So nice. anyways, uh, so Tyler's actually, he wishes he had fast company flex handlebars and a seat concept seat on his awesome race bike here. It it, it would win him some races for sure. Uh, TCS up his suspension. Um, Let's see. He set the tall seat up for cushion and because he's six feet tall and it gives him more leg room along with the fast way dropper pegs to give his legs more comfortability comfortability yeah fmf slip on comfortability i think just comfort is all you need to say there don't think comfortability needs to be uh well that's that's no it's an awesome word some wordsmithing yeah 
So FMF slip on exhaust, no toil uh, screen delete air filter system, IMS tank with dry brake, Vortex ECU mapped by Twisted Development. And that is Tyler's bike. So everybody, this is just, uh, if you're looking at this on the on the internets, on the YouTubes or the Facebooks or whatever it is, this is a very pretty picture. Mm -hmm. See that? Nice lighting, some blown out background. You get to see the bike. The 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 white uh, stand does make it a little. Oh, it stands a little, a little bit blown out. Yeah, yeah. But that's the only thing wrong with it. Everything else looks really good. Yeah. And good, he sent me three fit pictures to to choose. Well, because he has a professional photographer following him around a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think some guy by anyways, the name of a yeah Trevor Hunter. Hunter. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, and since Trevor Hunter shot this photo, photo. Um, uh, that's that's an endo. That's Blue Crew. <laughs> hey, Trevor just endo. Oh, did you see you see that video? Yeah, I saw the video. Watched it a couple times. Oh, oh I haven't seen this video actually. That's what. Are happens you serious? No, no, I know he posted it, but I haven't seen it. Holy no. shit! Yeah, hey, I need that's, to go on his Instagram after the show. That's motocross slash Grand Prix guy go desert racing, right, Ricky? <laughs> yeah that's dude that was so wild yeah okay i'm i, I gotta look i gotta look it up I, it was wet hey, what'd you do last weekend jimmy what i do yeah i don't know i went riding probably where <laughs> uh out here with who been, oh did you have a school no no schools just been ripping. Uh, you, you need to. Oh, you know you can't. You're broken. <laughs> I was gonna say you need to come out. A couple more weeks. Oh, holy shit! I need to get Kendall out here then. But uh, uh, did you like drag race someone last weekend? Mm, yeah. Did you lose? Uh huh. I, guess I, so. I, I lost in both the roll on and the, dra the drag race. So I was on a Husa, <laughs> I was on a Husaberg. I was on my, I was on this 570 I bought. I bought it from some guy that modified it. He put high compression piston, different cam, different. I pulled some of the modifications back out of it because like the cam actually was starting to grenade. And uh, so, you know, I just wanted to, you know, I just, I did a roll on, on third gear and I got smoked and the guy almost looped out. The guy had a KTM 500 that had some Takamoto stuff done to it. He literally had a Takamoto. I think he had an ECU and and he has a, a end cap and he still has the reeds in it because he, he listened to me and he kept the reeds in. His bike almost looped out when he did the first roll on. Really? But he actually, he, he gassed it, shut off and then gassed it again and still pulled me. Jeez. Yeah. So I was, I was kind of upset. And so I was, okay, let's do the, you know. I know I was kind of I knew so let's do this you know roll riding second and second you start banging shifts to top gear you just gone <laughs> yeah so it was, it was a little Husaberg shame mm -hmm. out there but uh so Tyler but that Husaberg that Husaberg has Husqvarna graphics on it so it's kind of it, in disguise so it, it doesn't really count it's a Husqvarna isn't it <laughs> isn't that what it was called it's a it's, it's a thing it's a thing, yeah. Okay. Whatever. So, uh, Tyler's roost for me. Um, minimal, like not a whole lot of mods there. Pretty stock. No, I mean, this is a guy that's out there racing, doing really well in the 250A class on a relatively stock bike. You know, he's got the suspension set up for himself. Like mm -hmm. he talked about, you know, he's six feet tall and he has a he wants to get a certain feel. So um, overall, I think this this bike roosts. 
uh, in principle, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give it an endo. Because Trevor took the picture? Uh, no, just because, uh, Tyler, you can't give these kids any slack because he has no idea who he's talking to half the time. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm going with the uh, endo. Uh, it's a roost for me. Ricky? On the Yamaha? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why would you endo it, Jimmy? I'd like to thank Yamaha for sponsoring the show. <laughs> Yamaha is one of our main sponsors. Blue Crew, they make super awesome bikes like uh, the YZ250FX you're staring at right now. And the one I rode today. Yeah, but uh, since it's Tyler's bike, I'm going to just throw solid endo out there. <laughs> He's going to have to earn his keep around here. You don't just you don't just come on here, talk about cutting your crossbar off and not using <laughs> sponsors. You can't, you're not going to get away with that stuff on this yeah. show. And your tall seat. <laughs> and your, your tall, tall seat. seat low I like I like tall seats if they're seat concepts, but yeah. Hey, wait. Um, what so what bar? He has nine nine sixes or nine nine nines. Nine nine six. Oh, what's that? That's a that's a that's the nine 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 is Honda. like flat. Yeah, the nine nine six is the stock Honda bend kind of. Close? Uh, I run nine nine six. You run nine nine six on the Would X, you, yeah. What do you run on the factory rally bike? Fat bar, like eight two seven or something. The high ones, <laughs> nine two seven or eight two seven. Whole different game. You should put flex bars in that thing and make it a lot more comfortable for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there has been a development. We did miss oh. a. We did miss someone in the chat. So uh, Jeff is on he is on Facebook. Jeff Morrow. Yeah. And he's saying uh, this was his 450X. Uh, he's telling oh, wait. me. Jeff and Jay? Well, he's got, yeah, he's Jay got a fake, fake name? I guess. Just, I guess. But let's see. Got to carry those bags for day for multiple days of Baja camping off of the bike, boys. Hey, Ricky, you're too entitled with the factory chase trucks. Ooh. Yeah. He's got his uh, desert assassins chasing him around on their Ford Raptors all the time. Is that is that how it rolls? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> hey, did you get us an entry in a UTV for King of the King of the Hammers? No, nah, dude, because that fucking Martelli brothers are part of that shit now. I don't want to be part of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got drama. No, uh, I all I want all I want to do is just go smash a UTV. Dude, in hey, somebody else's UTV in the rocks. I'm pretty good at the rocks. You want? I think the they have a a Dakar class now at, at King of the Hammers. Really? It's so crazy because you have all these American uh, organizations trying to like use the Dakar image to get more entries. What is? And the- you guys don't know shit about Dakar. What is the Dakar class? Nobody knows. We just saw it today. It's unbelievable. Is it, is it something like best in the desert? I don't, I don't know what it is. Is it, is in the desert? Is it in the desert? It's not, it's definitely not in the rock. No, it's in the desert, desert race. Dude, how would, how would it be driving the trash trucks in King of the Hammers? Oh, Oh, just throw, throw a different gearbox in the, in, throw a different gearbox in those things. Like, so it has a really good low range. Dude. How would trash trucks in the rocks would be super awesome. I'm going to tell Dave, he needs to get, he needs to get Camaz and Tatra. That would be insane. That's I'm talking, I'm going to call Dave. <laughs> insane. That would be the goal. Oh. Cause Dave has a passion for really stupid ideas. 
That's yeah. why he let me do King of the Motos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that's stupid. Let's do it. <laughs> and then we finally will race it. Yeah. Well, dude, that's what we're doing. Me, you and Andrew in a, in a, in a. Us three. In a cam ass. Yeah. We'll have to buy one of the Russian ones though. Yeah. The Russian ones. I think they're out of business. <laughs> yeah. But we got to buy theirs cause it's freaking the best. Yeah. So, um, Let's see. Why do some uh, Dave Black asks? Why do some racers use seat bumps or ribs? Actually, I tried to get a kid that makes this thing called the Corner Coach, mm-hmm. Ryan Nitson. He's a he's a journalist for Cycle News. Yeah, he used to help us at dirt bike tests, but he got too good. Um, but anyways, so seat bumps um, and ribs are just kind of to tell you where you are on your motorcycle, on like the position. So I know. A lot when they first started, they didn't actually have they had ribs. They cut the seats. They cut like a step in the seat. And so when you would go to sit down, if you sat down too far on the back of the bike, you would it would tell you so you'd kind of scoot forward. And if you're doing like starts and stuff like that, you could get lower. You know, mm-hmm. when you're coming accelerating out of turns, you're in this lower pocket in the seat, and so it's kind of like a lower CG. So it's it's sort of an index point to 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 help you. Um, know where you're at or to grip, you know, just to hang onto the bike, onto the bike better. And as bikes are getting more powerful and stuff, this is just one extra thing that kind of, that kind of helps because if you're trying to hang on with your arms, you're going to get, you're going to get tired and it doesn't help the way the bike works. I think. So that's my answer. Yeah. Sounds like like a good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Okay. Approved. Yeah. Okay. Do we have any, who's your winner? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> Forgot about that. There's a crucial component of the rooster endo, rooster like, endo. that, that uh, we, we have not decided yet. Um, well, I will lead off by saying my, my, my winner is the Liana Rivera. With so the, I, I the have cross a trainer. I have a fatal flaw with every single entry tonight. Mm-hmm. I, I literally. Not our best batch. Huh? Not our best batch. Well, no, it's not our, not our best batch. Um, I I think that 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 KTM is so awesome mm. the the 525 yeah yeah so it doesn't need anything so that guy can just go suck there's, it there's no lowering kit so rock hardwood has all the stroke <laughs> has um, all the strokes I I I I do like the beta but I'm worried that there was that the husband uh like forced that in Did you check mm-hmm. the email to find out who it came from Oh it came from the husband It did Yeah Okay, and then Jeff is actually in the chat. So his, his well, so is so is uh, so is the husband. Mm-hmm. So it was it was one of those forced things. Uh, Jeff's in the chat. Is it Jeff or Jet Jay Moreau? Ricky, do you know do you know this donkey? No, I don't know. It seems like a Baja guy. I thought he was on one of your Baja rides. No. So we don't know. So he's got fake names going. We got mm-hmm. two different two different names, or like normal, Matt typed the name in wrong. Uh-huh. I just copy and paste it, <laughs> and and then and then we have and then we have Tyler who we're just going to disqualify in principle. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It's between it's between Jeff or Jay and Leanne. Mm-hmm. What do you, uh, what what does Ricky say? Well, that bike's for sale, so. Oh, he's not going to get any parts for it. Okay, that's. Oh, that. but he does have a husky. He said, "Yeah, a seventeen husky." Oh, and that's what he's he might he might need to submit that thing next week. Oh, but Leanne also has a seventeen husky. Wait, they both have 
17 Huskies. Well, like Leanne's leaning on her, her new, her new bike. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that I'm going, I'm going Leanne. That's what I'm just saying. I'm thinking Leanne. Yep. What do you say, Ricky? That's two out of three. So she wins. Okay. Okay. You were going to pick Jeff? No, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm kind of like in the middle. I don't know who to pick, but you guys already have two and my vote shouldn't even matter. <laughs> oh, but you know, you could, you could throw it in there and I could change my vote. This happens all the time. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Leanne, uh, or Leanne or her husband, reach back out. And then we'll get you set up. And then, Eric, you can submit. You can actually submit short videos that need to be about uh, a minute or less. And you can send those videos to Matt at JimmyLewisOffRoad.com. Yeah. So we'll we'll take video submissions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Ricky has done the most video submissions. He's trying Ooh. to sell a lot of bikes. Yeah, <laughs> I got a new video. I, I got a new video I could do for you guys next week. Another bike yeah. for sale. Yes. What's one, your dad selling? One out of the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, two thousand three okay. CR two fifty, two stroke. Yeah, building it. Oh, you're building it. Yeah. 2003. So that's 97 was aluminum frame. So that's a, that's one of the good, I'm t- trying to think because they went, they went good and bad and good and bad. Does it have electronic power valve? No. It's a, it's a, it's a mechanical power valve. Yeah. Then that's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. That, that's probably worth some money. <laughs> <laughs> so okay yeah i think we have some other questions what it, yeah what is so i know i think it's an electronic power valve oh it is then we're then we're i don't we're know a little sketchy <laughs> yeah okay. you know, I think one one of the there's best a things plug on, there's a plug on the back of it a plug on the back of the power valve no like on the uh there's a servo motor Yes, it, 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 the, the power valve is actually mechanical in the engine, but it runs cables up to a, a yeah, little check your, motor. Check your phone right now. Check my phone. Okay, I'm checking my phone. Send me a picture. Oh, wait, that's where it's at right now? It's at, it's at our house. Holy, look at that thing. Yeah, it's got the RC valve. That yeah. doesn't stand for Ricky Carmichael because he hated it also. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember I spent I spent literally like three days at a track trying to jet one of these things, only to find out that the that the the Honda engineers had had engineered into the ECU traction control. Really? Yeah. And so so if the wheel if it sensed that the rate of RPM increase was too fast for quote what they call, thought traction was, it would it would do something. I don't know. I think it was with the power valve. It would actually shut the power valve down. Really? Huh? And, and so imagine you're coming out of a turn. You're going to, you're going to do a jump out of the inside of a turn, like double jump out of the inside of a turn. And you knew that you were going to spin the wheel coming out of the turn. And then when you got on the jump face, it was going to grab traction and go. Mm-hmm. So you come out of the turn, you spin the wheel up right when you think it's going to grab traction, it, it cuts the power oh, and it goes, boom. It sounds really horrible it, in Supercross. And, it, and we thought it was a jetting thing. Yeah, yeah. We thought it was a jetting thing. It was horrible. <laughs> All right, guys. So, anyways, Ricky, hey, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll see this bike on Rooster Endo uh, next week. Are you selling this bike to me? Is that what you're trying? <laughs> no. Are you, are you riding? Are you going to ride this bike? Yeah, dude. Once it's okay. together. 
Okay. Uh, Curly Stoker was asking, oh, not Curly, uh, Eric F- uh, Featherstone was actually asking Ricky, are you going to race uh, Samuels on the on that 250? Does he have one? I'll race Samuels, but not Mark Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't beat Mark? Dude, he's fast. I used to be able to beat him back in the day, back when I was fast. <laughs> I think he was a novice, just a kid. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so okay um hey ricky thanks a bunch for coming on we'll see you uh soon hopefully you glue back together and uh we'll be back at it yeah thank you guys we'll see you guys soon thank okay you. see you soon see you, ricky yes okay um let's go to that let's go to lee graham's question okay so his first question is regarding uh oil weights so Question number one is, I'm sure some oil companies have come, uh, have come up in the past, but hear me out. Uh, oil questions. Uh, I am looking at your opinion. I'm looking for your opinion since you have so many KTM four strokes and I just bought a 2020 FE 350S and the dealer is pushing Motor X 10W50 hard at $28 a liter. I want your opinion on vis- viscosity. Is 2040 okay? And is this synthetic a must? And what brands do you use? Okay, so <clears throat> this is my standard oil answer. Thanks, Chris Real, for coaching me up on this. Having oil in your motorcycle is probably the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to start there. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is most of the problems that result from oil result from not having oil in the motorcycle. So there we go. The next thing is we're looking at like, okay, yeah, the dealer's pushing the recommended oil that the manual you can't go wrong with this there is no way that you can go wrong by running the manufacturer suggested oil at the manufacturer suggested level with the manufacturer suggested intervals that's generally is about as safe as you can get now are there different more affordable options different ways to go absolutely i have been known to run um the especially my four strokes a lot of the the 1540 15w40 diesel oils the the what was the one that was what was the one that was kind of like famous for a while oh rotella rotella so everybody's rotella's for a while everybody's running rotella um dello delvac i actually was running i think it was dello most of the time because i could get it less expensive and i think in the time that I was running it, there were some people that I knew that knew a lot about oil that did some tests and they said, this stuff is the stuff. And then what's funny is I actually did some stuff with, no, I can't talk about this. So <laughs> there's, there's another thing. Another group came mm-hmm. that we did some stuff and that's what they ran. I was like, wow, really? Because mm-hmm. I, I knew what it was. So, but having the oil in there and there are certain characteristics. So, even in doing some other testing. So Recluse came out with an oil because they used to recommend the, the Rotella. Mm-hmm. Then Recluse came out with oil and they started recommending that. Well, they actually put some modifications into the base stock to make the oil work better with their clutches. And guess what? It did. Really? It, it definitely made a Recluse clutch. If you, if you went from running a, a 1540 or a Motor X or whatever, because I went from one to another... And it actually made the clutch work better. How did it work as far as lubricating the the parts inside the motor? Because the interesting thing about a motorcycle, it's different from a car, is that you're lubricating a transmission and your motor Mm -hmm. and and the the top end components, the cam, the pistons, the crank. 
then you have to you have to mix in a transmission to this. So there's some con, there's some constraints that that go back and forth. In the Motorex, I'm sure that the most of the motorcycle specific oils are designed to do both of this. Kind of like the Recluse one is designed to take into consideration an automatic clutch or you know the automatic clutch is what it is. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, just put oil in your motorcycle. <laughs> if you got, if you got an extra, if you want to pay double for what the regular oil is, that's fine. If, if I had an oil sponsor, I would tell you to run their oil. Mm-hmm. If it was good oil that I could trust running, I would say that's the best oil. Cause you know, not, not that it's how do, how do I put this? I would like to promote their product if I knew it was a really good product. Mm-hmm. And we've had this discussion with some oil companies because they, they, some oil companies make some really good stuff. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, how do, we, how do we get to the point where, like, I know what the facts are. And I've run my stuff on cheap stuff. I've run it on expensive stuff. And have I seen a, 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 a net, net marketable difference? No. But I'll tell you that if you run this, 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 the, the list of oils that you can run in your motorcycle and you'll never have a problem is very long and large. Now, if you have some crazy ass specific need, like you're running it at 10 tenths, you're, you're just running the, riding the crap out of it. My list will get shorter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you decide you want to go way beyond the service limits, my list gets shorter based on my experience. If you decide that, you know, you know, you, you want to run your motor low on oil, and then the list gets shorter on what I would put in there. There's, you know, there's some oils that work better at certain things like this. But yeah. so, so don't stress out on the oil. Just put oil in your motor. Change it often, we'll call mm-hmm. it. We'll say often. And, and, and you, can, you can look at the color of the oil, which will generally give you an idea of your engine health. And your, your oil filters will tell you a lot about how your oil is working as well. So mm-hmm. there we go. Okay. So that's it's my a- oil diatribe tonight. There we go. Uh, quick, quick follow up question with that. Hey, Clinton, thanks. Uh, I'm I'm glad that you forced your wife to watch this horrible podcast. But, watch a podcast. But, hey, best motorcycle podcast in the prompt. Right. Um, <laughs> no, so actually, th- I, I thanks a lot. Hey, yeah, we really no, we do appreciate all the 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 viewers and mm-hmm. everybody kind of checking our stuff out. And hopefully, you get something valuable from this. It, you contributing, asking questions. You know, you putting your bike into the Rooster Endo, it all helps make this a better show. And so we, for that, we thank you. We really, really do enjoy the participation. Yeah. So our, our viewers and listeners do make this show. And we made Eric Featherston cry. There we go. <laughs> uh, that's actually laughing. but um, Oh, that's laughing? laughing so, so hard he's others. crying? Yeah. So my... Uh, my Tears of pain. My follow-up question with the viscosities and stuff. So I have heard you might want to run a thicker viscosity like in the summer months to try and keep the engine cooler. I have never really put a whole lot of stock into that, but in your testing, I, have I you think, ever found that? So motors, uh, I've done some stuff that involve this. Mm-hmm. So motors tend to, once they're warmed up and running, run at a certain temperature. Mm-hmm. And once they're up and running, generally you're okay. It's the, it's the, it's the, when they start up when they're cold, mm-hmm. you know, from, so, so, and it's more, it's more critical in the winter when the oil really thickens up. And you know, it's just from some of our bikes, like have a hard time cranking and yeah. starting in the yeah. morning. Like that's where that, that, that winter viscosity mm-hmm. actually kind of can help this sort of stuff. 
to, to, to allow it to crank up, but also lubricate it. So it doesn't, it doesn't not lubricate, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't, doesn't go through the pumps. It doesn't blow through the oil filter, all the bad, the bad things. So I, I think it's, I think the, the, the viscosity in the beginning and, and this, these are better question questions for somebody that's more scientific to answer about like really what it does. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, if you, if you're starting your bike up and you're warming it up, right. And doing all these things, um, I mean, there's been tests where people show with certain types of oil, you can get more horsepower, mm -hmm. but is that horsepower like when the motor's warm or medium or super hot? Yeah. Yeah. And if your bike's getting super hot, there's another problem. It's, you know, it's not, it doesn't, the oil's trying to solve the problem, but the oil does become part of the cooling system when bikes get really, really hot mm -hmm. because Generally, when you start overheating your bike, it's from the clutch, the heat generating the clutch, and that heat gets into the oil and in the cases, and it travels, and then you're circulating this super hot oil all through your motor, and that's, you know, and your cooling system is trying to cool it down. So, mm -hmm. there's inner, there's inner lagging. Oh, Mark Daniels is still waiting on that t-shirt. I thought I sent it. Did I send that one? Uh, Mark, you're gonna have to hit me online, <laughs> offline on that yeah. one. <laughs> um, There's a 50% chance I screwed up with a with a 90% accuracy rate on that <laughs> statement. So let's. I'll ask you Lee's second question. So, is there any uh, training that you would recommend indoors, on or off the bike, uh, that he could do so he can have a head start come springtime? And he uh, says, "Thanks for the Tech Talk Taco Tuesdays." Yeah, uh, thanks for uh, joining us on that uh, training. So, you know, those balance drills that we do. Yeah. So we have this beginner rider online course, mm -hmm. 40 bucks. And we have some drills in there that are stationary drills. A lot of them are stationary. Yeah. They're stationary drills that most people just take for granted. And I know expert riders that can't do some of these beginner level drills because they just, they bypassed it. And if they did, then they would realize a lot of the, problems with the riding. So some of these drills that we talk about in our beginner rider courses would absolutely help you off, off the bike, on the bike, in the winter, in your garage, mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, that's one thing. And then as far as like, you know, working out, I, I was, I've always been hundred percent, like the best thing you can do to help you for your riding is do riding, you know, but if you can't go riding, then it becomes the back to cardiovascular stuff, you know, just, just, you know, um, you know, whether it's a stationary bike or, you know, do, being able to run in a treadmill or something like that, anything, get your heart rate up and just learn about your body, how it, how it responds to, you know, what it feels like when you start redlining. Mm -hmm. And it's more important to, in my world, it's more important to realize what it feels like to start redlining. So when you're on your motorcycle and you're doing something, you start going up there and it's like, Oh, Hey, I got a taper before mm -hmm. you push it. Cause once you start really pushing it too hard. So, you know, put yourself in a controlled environment where you're just thinking about one thing and it's like, Hey, what, where is my fitness level at? Like what, what does it feel like when my heart starts beating too fast or I can't breathe hard enough or mm -hmm. my muscles you know, start fatiguing because of those two things. Yeah. Which yeah. is a combination of those things, things, but those are, um, those are the kinds of things I would try to do off the bike, but you know, off, off the bike would be learning just about how my body, what it feels like. So I can identify it when I'm on the bike. And then when, if I'm doing stuff on the bike, it's just balance, 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 balance. Mm -hmm. 
you know, keeping the bike in balance, keeping yourself in balance, and then learning how to feel that too. Because if you have to think about this stuff while you're riding, it's too late. It needs to be an instinctive reaction. Right. So, okay. Cool. Uh, let's just bust out two more really quick. Right. So Bill O'Neill, this was on our uh, social media post. Uh, 153 PSI on my 2022 uh, KTM 125 XE top end. Should I replace it or send it? I never checked it when it was new. It still runs good, but I can't tell if the power is tapered off. 30 hours and I overheated it once, but no scoring on the cylinder. So every gauge that you use to check the compression is a little bit different. So you need to have a baseline. Um, the manual will probably tell you what their quote baseline is I sort of remember 180 PSI being I haven't done a compression check in years but I sort of remember this 180 PSI as being like the the ideal or the high end of it so but he's saying there's no he can't tell if there's any power tip it runs good and there's no power tapering off if if you if your bike is running as good as it was the day you bought it you're fine. Uh, mm-hmm. 35 hours, he says? 30 hours. 30 hours on a, on a 125? Mm-hmm. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially if it's running fine. So I so I ride the crap out of my YZ125 on sand, deep sand tracks with hill climbs on it. And it, we're just, there's a video someplace where I, I go up over the top of one of those hills. <laughs> yeah. And people are like, you're going to kill that thing. And I'm like, I do that every lap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and so... It's and I and I go I go easy twenty hours on a top end like mm-hmm. just super sending it like that and this is this is a bike that we're on like fourth or fifth top end and now I'm starting to worry about bottom ends mm-hmm. so and I can kind of feel when it when it starts losing a little bit of power one twenty fives are pretty easy you can just kind of feel when they they start getting a little I would call it like sleepy mm-hmm. a little lackadaisical um, and it was so it always. And I used to take the pipes off all the time because I used to have these nice non-chrome pipes. So the the plated steel pipes where you'd have to – so I'd take them off when I wash them and just put a little acid on them, clean them off so they'd have that like that look. Mm-hmm. So I was taking my pipe off a lot. So I would actually be looking in my pipe probably every two or three hours looking up in the cylinder. And you can actually – on most two strokes, you can start seeing a little bit of blow-by on the ring or rings. And mine had rings. There was two of them. And then we went to start single ring. And you can actually start seeing the blow-by. It's usually on the edge of the exhaust port mm-hmm. that sort of starts corresponding with my bikes losing a little bit of power. So take that for what it's worth. Um, I think I think on a – I would say on a KTM – I had a KTM 144 was the last KTM 125 that I had that I used to ride a lot and I was going 35, 40 hours on a top end. So yeah. Okay. Western Rogers. Uh, hey Jimmy, what do you think about KTM making the XCW TBI for 24? From what I noticed looking at the all new TBI engine is the head has uh, castings on the right side for the port injector, but not the left. Could they be doing a similar setup uh, as the map? set up as the aftermarket community injector and the throttle body import mean meanwhile keeping it oil injection so i have i have no idea what ktm is doing i would just guess that the tbi so throttle body injection they when they introduced tpi the question was why is it not just a throttle body 
and they basically said we couldn't get it to work. Well, obviously they've got it to work now. They they understand, you know, and it, when it had just had to. I think it was just, you know, understanding, you know, learning the 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 how how to how to make it work properly. So, I I would suspect that they they want to unify the parts. You know, they don't want to have extra parts or different parts or whatever. And they had a good run of TPI, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be surprised because you can get a definitely get so the and I the the TBI bikes that I rode were call them early production. They weren't they weren't full production, so they were still tuning with it. You can make it run like TPI. You can get that smooth, long power. Maybe not as good. Mm-hmm. It's not as torquey and as smooth, but you can get that with just mapping and stuff. But you can also get this aggressiveness that's hard to get with TPI. So I suspect that they're going to move towards TBI. And if they come up with different itinerations, I, I and and so the oil injection comes down to marketing or ease of use. Mm-hmm. And if they if they determine that they feel that the 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 EXC customer or XCW customer wants oil injection, it will come with oil injection. If they think that the and I don't think this is the case, if they think the XCW customer wants to mix their fuel, it will come with no oil injection. You'll have to mix your fuel. It comes down to how, you know, how, how can we sell the most amount of bikes mm-hmm. or the, what, what does the customer really want? And is it worth the $15 or $20 in production costs to add that stuff to it? Cause right now they've proven that, yeah, you can do TBI with, you can mix your gas. And we've known this with TPI that you can take the oil injection system off and mix your gas. The oil injector handles this or the the fuel injector handles this mm-hmm. sort of thing. So it's um it all comes down to it's really simple. It's just like what the manufacturer feels like will sell the most amount of bikes and what the customer really wants. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's the answer. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Any more? Uh we'll we'll call it there because the the other ones can be pushed on onto next week. I just wanted to get the ones that were sent in specifically for the show. Right. We can push those questions off. But anyways, it's past Matt's bedtime. He's had plenty of faults today. Oh yeah. The uh, the first hour. <laughs> so the internet's got better in the second hour, so not nearly as bad. The internet's fixed your problem. Yeah, yeah. So Again, everybody, thanks for joining in. Good to see you guys in the chat, the people that are chatting in. If you're listening to this on a podcast or something, thank you as well. Mm -hmm. Join us live sometime. Ask some questions. Talk about some motorcycle stuff with them. And submit your bikes for Rooster Endo. Yeah, submit some bikes for Rooster Endo. Thanks again to Taco Mike over at Takamoto for doing all that that, that stuff for our things. Uh, Thanks, Double Take Mirrors, Bulletproof Design Seat Concepts. Matt's going to get the hot seat hotline back up and running. Mm-hmm. We need to get some uh, good giveaways on every show. Oh, you know what I was going to do? The last thing. Hmm. Oh, product, product of the week. week. Product of the week. You thought we'd forgot. And so did I. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So this is how we answer questions here is a viewer. A couple shows ago said, Hey, what about the, how do you say it? A Joto. I think a Joto. A, a Tojo. The CD, a, a Tojo, a Dojo boat, boot. So anyways, this is a CD's, CD's high-end boot here. 
You can hear it. You hear the, the. So that is one of the things about this boot that mm-hmm. it is one of the squeakiest boots I've ever worn. Mm-hmm. So number one. So this is CD's high end boot. I'm going to move this uh, bottle out of the way here and hold this sucker up to the camera. So I've been wearing this a whole bunch lately because a viewer said, hey, what do you think about this thing? And I kind of had an idea, but I was mostly using it for photos. And I said, well, I haven't been doing photos for a while, so I'm just going to go ahead and start running it. This thing is a whole lot lighter. It it feels like it's three pounds lighter than the standard Crossfires. Oh, really? And so it's probably one of the lightest, if not the lightest, high protection level boot that I've ever worn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very light for a, a high level boot. I've worn some boots that feel light that do not feel as con- well. Like, no, safe you can you can tell they're not that safe. You can oh. tell they flex and they're just not stiff. It has one less buckle than the the regular. Uh, crossfire it has a much bigger velcro strap up here it some of the hinging parts are it still has a hinge it's still a hinge boot like Mm -hmm. this but some of the lockouts are up on this front toe piece and then um, there's locks on the hinge on the back the biggest thing about this boot from the sizing standpoint it's cd has gone to a feels like a wider foot platform and they may have done this on their crossfires as well because it seems like the same base mm-hmm. bottom of the boot that's built off but they finally widen it up a little bit which is a large complaint especially for us americans with their big fat feet yeah yeah i run an 11 as opposed to a 10 i should run a 10 but i run an 11 based on based on the width mm-hmm. and i honestly my next set of these i'm getting a 10 because I want it to be a little bit, a little bit, um, you know, smaller, but then just the proper fit toe Mm -hmm. to toe to heel. So their, their sizing is getting a little bit better. The, the interesting thing about this bike, this boot is CD boots in general, break in very quick and easy. Like the crossfires, you put them on and they feel like they're broken in in one ride. Mm Mm-hmm. This boot, I kept going, it's not broken in, it's not broken in, it's not broken in. Still to this day, I don't feel like it's as broken in as a crossfire. As a crossfire. And it's mostly because of the hinging, the way the way that it moves. Mm-hmm. The only time I feel this though is when I'm off the bike walking around where it's just where squeaking, it's, where it's squeaking and stuff. <laughs> Trust me, when I'm on my motorcycle, I don't hear hear this. Yeah. Uh, but the overall it just doesn't feel as is like is like loose in the in the in the hinging, and then when I'm when I started riding and I realized I don't notice this at all. It uh-huh. it seems to, you know, do do what it needs to do as as far as a boot. It's really rigid and stiff, kind of like kind of like side to side. So if this bike were to flex in, like if you try to bend your ankle this way, or bend, so we're talking side to side. Imagine if your your foot is planting planted on the ground and you lean from one side to the other side to side not forward and back mm-hmm. it's really really stiff which i think is a good thing for for a motorcycle i never found a disadvantage to that forward and back i think could be maybe a little bit better because i just don't think it's as is as fluid maybe because of the the the, the, the lockout the yeah. on, the, on the front and maybe adjusting it a little bit different might make it move a little bit more mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things I just felt like it was kind of a, it felt overall like a stiffer boot, which CDs already kind of have a lack of feel on the, on the, on the, on the base, on the sole. But now the upper shell starts kind of carrying that over a little bit. So the advantages, 
lightweight. I think the protection on this thing is world class. It's it's some of the best protection out there. Disadvantages maybe not as is as uh, flexible as some of the others, but it flexes where you need it, especially like in a unless you're really picky about wanting to feel the rear brake. Mm-hmm. I think it flexes as far as it needs to for for a regular boot. Probably not the best for like off-road, but for motocross, which I think this thing is primarily designed for. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, especially if you have sore ankles, which I do. I notice when I take this boot off, my ankles don't hurt. So um, it's expensive. It's higher end, uh, but it's probably one of the most protective, you know, uh, protective and light and those two things generally don't go together so i think that's where they've done pretty good it could seal a little better up around the lip here just mm-hmm. because it's kind of again kind of a little bit stiff it's like this side of the the boot is a little bit stiff so that's my impression so somebody asked about this there i gave is. you i gave you an answer that's the best i could do <laughs> thank goodness you got me to ride an extra three times last week because i was testing that boot so all all good um okay with that we're gonna shut this show off hold on consider dropping in some thicker orthotics which takes up some of that loose feeling in a larger size boot rl that is a good idea except there's there's the reason i'm in the larger boot is because i'm running out of room in certain areas and i can't take up any of that room with the orthotic so i've tried that before but it, it just seems like the right fitting boot. How does it fit with knee braces is a good question. Um, I never wore it with knee braces. So I was always wearing a knee pad. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be, I, I'm, I've, I've worn knee braces before. And just because of where the, the lower part of the knee brace mm-hmm. generally is, I think it's, I think it's going to be knee brace slash boot specific, depending on your size and everything like that, how it'll fit. I don't think that it would be that much different, you know, based on a knee brace. It's that, that Velcro is pretty good. It just feels like it needs to loosen up around that upper, that really upper top third of that boot mm-hmm. feels like it needs to loosen up or break in a little bit. So, um, 16 hours straight. Yeah. So Mark Daniels agrees with the crossfires, uh, on just first day uses they're amazing that's like the best breaking in boot i've ever had the cd crossfires it's just like they're a certain way the first day and they're the same way two years later they're just really good nice all around boot so okay everybody that's it we're gonna matt's gotta go to bed bedtime okay so we will see you on the trail cheers cheers